brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is always a football Friday here on the National Football Show. We welcome you aboard here with us. Um, I guess I have to retort. On my own network, on Birds 365 this morning, I believe it was this morning, I was called a worthless piece of shit. By Paul Dumbowich. And Paul Dumbowich, who is your resident Hall of Fame voter, who I don't know, never met, never had a conversation with, but he goes on with Jody and John and calls me a worthless piece of shit. Um, all because Dumbowich went after Trent Cole. He had to put context to this. And I said, what's it to you? What are you going to tell him next? What religion to believe in? Everyone in this country has a right. You could vote for David Duke, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, your mom. What's it to you? So he took that and called me a worthless piece of shit. Well, here's my take. I don't know him well enough to call him any names or to say anything like that because that's not how I am. I'm not a narrow-minded, low-forehead-thinking person that just comes up with something just to insult somebody because they didn't like their position and their political or religious views. I think that's those personal. Your relationship with God's personal. Your religion, your politics. And for me, again, I'm I'm not going to call them any bad names. I don't know them well enough. But I would make a suggestion to Paul Dumbowich, your resident Hall of Fame voter, instead of coming after Big Sills, you might want to start practicing on your presentation 
so that you can maybe work on your shitty presentation. When you have to stand up and represent Eric Allen, that might be something you should work on more than worrying about if I'm a worthless piece of shit or not. You might want to try to hone up your skills in your presentation because what you're doing now sucks. And people in that room who you know I know are friends of mine say your presentations are awful. So you might want to work on that. Other than that, God bless you, guy. Hope things work out for you. All good. I I, I really don't have anything personal to say except try getting Eric Allen in the Hall of Fame before you call me a worthless piece of shit. Am I offended? No, I don't know you well enough to be offended. And I would have to respect you to be offended. And I'm not. So it's all good. Like I told you before, for you to be offended by somebody, you have to respect them. What would make you ever think I respect you to be offended by you? <laughs> you, you, you once again take your own ego and think you're somebody that I would give a shit. On to completely better things. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was made aware of it. My first notion, I laughed. I mean, I laughed. And I said, Paul Dumbowitch made that comment with Jody and John? Funny. Oh, and thank you. Once again, the National Football Show shows you how relevant we will always be. And, and thank you guys. <laughs> funny, man. Absolutely funny. Okay? <laughs> hey, all good. Hey, no, man. I'm not. I, I, I. You know, I, I just told Tone, and, I, and I'm like this, look, I, I don't, I'm not really, I don't know him well enough to really say anything other than the fact that he's a shitty presentation guy when it comes for Eric Allen's induction into the Hall of Fame. He's awful at it. So, I mean, I don't know what else, I mean, other than that, I don't know him. <laughs> You have no idea. Greg goes, who's, is it Paul Dumbowitch? What's his real name? Is it Dumberwitch? What's it, what, what's, I have no, I mean, I have no, it's, 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 it's Paul Dumbowitch. I thought it was. <laughs> they didn't know that I, 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 I have no idea. Dumbowitch. Oh, I'm saying Dumbowitch. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Huh. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Okay, I appreciate everybody coming aboard here on this Friday. <laughs> Hollywood, funny, man. Our friend Tone will join us at 3.30. Philly Godfather, final appearance for football, will be with us at 5.30 Eastern time. 
And of course, our great friends will sit in here with us and we'll throw topics off one another as we talk football, we talk birds, we talk eagles here. You know, it's funny. You know, I heard the guys talking before my show started. And I'm thinking to myself, boy, all these new hires that the Eagles have hired just shows you they have no confidence that Nick is going to be able to be the guy to turn them around. So they're hiring outsiders to come in and fix Hurts. If that's not an indictment on the current status of your head coach, there can't be a greater one. Coaches are brought in to fix mistakes and try to elevate. You have had a guy in the building for three years, and they know who he is. And get this, they now have come to the conclusion he can't fix. Jalen will bring in Kellen Moore. If, if that's not an indictment, okay? If that's not an indictment, hey, it's been bad. Thank you, my friend. If that's not an indictment, how would you like to do this? So you're you're at a, you're 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 at your job, and your boss hires two new people to do your job for you, and you're still there. How long do you think you feel you have like a lifeline when it comes to your gig? Not for long, like the NFL. Not for long. You can't think if you're Nick, you're in that building that long. They brought a dude in to fix Hurts because you couldn't do it. Right? <laughs> I mean, they brought a new guy in to fix him. I want to start it off with that. All right, I'm going to make a statement here. And I think we've been looking at the wrong guy here. And how many people here, first and foremost, Think you guys need a new head coach. Does anybody here, are you, some of you I think want to give him a chance? How many people in here think Nick should be given a chance? By the way, no wrong answer here. It's February 16th. There's no wrong answer. How many people think he should be given a chance or how many people believe? Again, he shouldn't be here. Okay. Danny Sirianni to coaches to Geno's for cheesesteaks. PR move. Got to win the fans back because the fans hate him. Hey, Nick, you're done. Dude, the popcorn guy is the greatest fan in Philly history next to the guy throwing batteries. Um, <laughs> at Santa, That guy, hey, Nick, you're done. Then he threw popcorn on him. I love him. And he did that at Raymond James. Sirianni soap. Okay, let, let us in here. Okay, fans hate Geno's. <laughs> hey, wait. Okay, let me let me throw this at you here. What do you think the Eagles need more? A new GM or a new coach? Do you think they need a new GM? Or do they need a new coach? I think the Eagles need a new general manager. I think general manager Howie Roseman is not qualified to build a football team. 
I think Howie Roseman, the CPA, is completely qualified to run the books. But I wouldn't have my accountant build a football team. Howie Roseman is a glorified accountant perpetrating himself as a football person. I think you need a new GM. Howie Roseman's not a football guy. He never has been. He's a bookworm. He's a librarian. Whether Nick Sirianni's a good coach or not, does it matter? It didn't matter if Doug was a good coach. It had no bearing. Howie Roseman, the reason he makes these fires and the reason he makes those decisions like Deshaun Desai firing and then putting Patricia in is because he's not a football guy. You got a non-football people and you got a non-football person making decisions on your football team. He's not a very good football guy. No one would ever confuse that guy for being a football person. Howie is great, exactly what Charlie said. He's great at contracts. He's fabulous at restructuring deals. Remember, he came into the organization. If you go back in 2000 and you look at his resume, which I did, he came in on the cap side. He didn't come in on the football side. That's why you can't build a football team for longevity. And you're constantly rebuilding because he's not a very good, he's not a consistent. How about this? How he strikes gold, right? He finds one oil well out of a thousand he digs for. He finds one. Okay? But in the process, he misses all the time. And you build no continuity. Like, you're not Brad Holmes in Detroit. You're not John Lynch in San Francisco. You're not Ozzie Newsome or Brett Veach. Shit, to some extent, you're not even Andrew Barry. And some of these guys have Philly connections. Howie Roseman's the problem. It's not Nick Sirianni. Yeah, he's like the, right, he's the Jerry Jones of oil drilling. And if you don't know the history, Jerry Jones put all of his money in drilling for oil. And you know what happened? One dry duster after another. One dry duster after another. What made him smart was he took all the equipment that he used and turned it into like a place where oil people who knew what they were doing would buy the parts back off him. That's where he made his money. His dad made his money on insurance. Jerry Jones did not make his money on being a great prospector when it came for drilling for oil. He 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 was terrible at it. Just like he's terrible at picking coaches. He he he, he manipulated his business. So he could save his wealth. Okay? Look at Jennings. Lynch ain't one shit. You really think that Howie Roseman is a better general manager than John Lynch? Because Doug Peterson won his 17th Super Bowl? Really? I don't think so. Shit, Kevin Demoff and Les Snead in in Los Angeles are 10 times the front office the Eagles have. Because one guy does a job, the other guy doesn't. They have, you understand, 
You know why the Rams are a better organization than you? Since um, Sean McVay has been in the building. You know why? What do you think? Kevin Damoff, okay, does the football side. Les Snead does the money side. There's two dudes in the building doing one job for Stan Kroenke. And that's why they've won two NFC championships and a Super Bowl with McVay. Okay? That's why they've won. Okay? Dude, Howie Roseman's a problem. Nick Sirianni's a thing. He's a thing. Howie has a ring. Yeah, okay. Well, explain this one to me. Howie has a ring. How good a job do you think they're doing down in New Orleans right now? He's got a ring too. John Schneider has a ring in Seattle. He's got one. Okay? Dude, your coach, your your general manager doesn't know shit from Shinola when it comes to drafting. All them Georgia guys, except for one, are not doing anything for your football team right now. Why don't you guys look at it for what it is? Yeah, Sirianni's a symptom of a chronic virus. Yeah, that virus is, I mean, pretty soon you're going to be seeing Travis Kelsey going up there with a with a with a howie with a howie shot. <laughs> Pfizer's going to develop a new howie shot. A, a, a new howie 19 shot. I think we all have to take it and get immunized. Because some of you think this guy's actually a good general manager. I do not. Okay? Sirianni's just part of this thing. Howie Vision, baby. Yeah, right. Hey, go get me a linebacker in the draft. Eh, Go get me a safety in the draft. Eh, Go get me a corner in the draft. Eh, Go get me an edge rusher in the draft. Eh, Jesus, criminy. He got one wide receiver in 25 years. I mean, (laughs) and what happened? Who is his best defensive guy he's drafted? Fletcher? Josh? The rest of them guys were Joe Banner and Andy guys back in the day. I mean, this guy is not very good. He can't build a defense. He can find one. And when he makes mistakes, he spends Jeffrey Lurie's money. Wow, shit. Linebacker, didn't you just cut a guy a year ago that was a third-round pick? You're going to cut another – You're in the next year or so, you're going to cut another third-rounder. It's going to be N'Kobe Dean. You know why Howie can't cut him? It would be consecutive third-rounders. They drafted linebackers that he'll have to cut. You think he's going to do that for the public look and the public perception? He's going to cut two third-round linebackers in consecutive 
releases from that position. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. How come John Lynch drafts Fred Warner in the third? And your guy drafts the guy you just cut and Mr. Paper Mache Dean. Let's see how this season goes. No, 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 no. Let's see how this all season goes. Dude, you build your championship football team now, not in September. All the shit you do right now is going to determine September. It's too late in September. If you don't have your lineup and what you're going to do, what's coming up? Free agency first, then the combines, then the draft, then you have rookie camp, then you have OTAs, then you got one more OTA, then you have training camp. This thing will be on you. This thing will be on you. Oh, we, we, we have a ton of shit to hit on today. A ton. You see, unlike these other shows, and I don't, and I exclude Tone in this because Tone is doing a really great job on our network. And, you know, pretty much the guys in the morning, too. I think the Birds 365, I think those guys do a great job. And by the way, Jody, I think he kind of got my back today. So it's all good. Jody, you know, Jody and I, it's, I don't know. I, I I have a lot of respect for what he does. Okay. And John, who was on the other day. I respect those guys. Rob too, all of that. Not saying anything negative about it. But hey, <laughs> hey man, we're sitting around here talking about the same shit. It's time to get a new GM. At the end of this year, I'm cleaning house if I'm the owner. Nick Sirianni being fired? Dude, if Nick Sirianni's fired, Howie Roseman doesn't survive this season, too. At the end of the year, I'm blowing his ass out, too. Or I'll give him a new title. Director of bookkeeping. Like, you get to handle the index cards at the library. You know, when you go into, like, the card catalog and you're looking for a book, okay? How to play um, Pinochle. Or pickleball pulls the card out and hands it to you. Aisle four. Pickleball. There's about five books. You could pick one out of there. <laughs> I wouldn't trust that. Hey, I would trust him more putting books on a bookshelf before I would put him in charge of putting linebackers, safeties, and corners on a draft board. I mean, so should you. Hear, hear this. This isn't an opinion. When I hear people go on Sports Take or Birds 365 and people actually come out who don't follow your team and say that guy's a good drafter of college talent, they don't, they don't watch the team. Shit, we had, remember last year? How many times did Tony Romo during the regular season say Brian Johnson's going to be a candidate to be a head coach somewhere? And you and I were like, what? Watching the team, you're commenting on the success of the team. Come on, man. Lori's GM's banner and Howie, same mold, head of analytics, four point 
5 billion team value. Iron Man, they did their job. Hey, and by the way, what I'm saying to you about Howie Roseman, it's not personal. Hey, Paul, Paul Dumbowitz, it's not personal. It's strictly business. Take a note, kid. Put it down on your little piece of paper over there. It's not personal. It's strictly business. <laughs> okay? We pull no punches here. General manager can't draft. He's horrific in college scouting on defense. And the, one of the reasons why you've been really good in the O-line, it's been an emphasis since Lori's bought the team. This goes back to Andy Reid and Banner when you guys were building the team. Every single thing that they did was in direct opposite of when Norman Brayman owned it. What was the one thing Norman Brayman didn't do when he was the owner of your Eagles? What was it? And I love, I love Norman. I've known him since I was 16 years old, 17 years old. Okay? Draft in the trenches. It's been a number one priority. And I will give you guys massive kudos in that aspect. You guys have been great. Getting guys in the building, putting them in there, absolutely been great. Some of the best offensive line picks. Your greatest offensive line pick was like a fifth rounder or fourth rounder. That's who Jason Kelsey was. Got the best center in the league. Maybe one of the top three centers in the history of the sport. You got him in the latter round. Kudos. But you had nothing to do with that. That was an Andy Reid guy. Joe Banner guy. Okay, you had nothing to do with that. You were just in the building going, hmm, my analytics guys, <laughs> the, the resident goobers, goobers run your team. You know the guys you want to kill with a dodgeball when you were in high school and the guys you wanted to take out because they were the little nerdy guys with the protractors and the Bunsen burners? Those were the guys you picked on, you know, okay, or protected depending on who you were, right? The little nerdy guys. Dude, you got a bunch of nerds in the building there. And what do you think of this? What do, you, what, what do you think of that? It's time for a new GM, guys. Or how about this? Redefined roles. Read, I, I think he's brilliant. Dude, honest to God, the only reason that I would keep him in my building is because of the job he did on Hertz's contract. The finding of Gardner Johnson. The training of Slay. He's not horrible there. Actually, if Howie had more money, I would be like this. Do, do, you, you understand the reason why 22. Hey, Tone, I don't know if you can find this out or not. I'd like to know how much money the Eagles had in the 22 offseason when it came to cap. I'd like to know how much money they had at the beginning of the year when 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 they went to work in free agency in 22's offseason and how much money he had. Because this year he's limited. Okay? He's limited. Sill said, don't compare Sirianni 
to McVay because of the resume in the Super Bowl win. Then he turns around and compares Holmes and Lynch to Howie. I'm talking drafting. I was talking drafting. Try listening, Jennings, because, again, it's not a broad comment. It was talking about drafting. Okay, jackass? Drafting. Drafting. We were talking talent evaluation. Okay? Not putting deals together. Not making in-game and in-season decisions that were catastrophic to your one and seven. Okay? Try listening. Whatever, guy. Sirianni, McVay? I mean, Sirianni's more of a comparison. No, I can't do Seifert because he won a Super Bowl. Dude, whatever. Okay? How you doing, baby? He had $5 million. He only had $5 million in the 2022 offseason. Let's see. Well, they had Hardgrave on the team already. They went and how did how did they pay how did they pay for Bradbury? Um how'd they play for Brad? That's right. They had all those guys. All those they got Kaiser White for a million. Yeah. Okay. Now he's got 20 million. No excuses, right? How, right, Howie? Right? Oh, how did they get Bradbury in the building? Scratch that, 17 million. So roughly the same amount. Right around the same amount. 17 million. Okay. Now he's got 20. And a $50 million quarterback. How you doing? Hey, LJ, welcome back, buddy. Appreciate you coming back. Thank you so much, LJ. Missed you, man. Not really, but hey, it's all good, kid. Jimmy G suspended two games for a performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> Raiders like this. Wow. Great. Thank you. All right. I heard the guys talking earlier about. I heard the guys earlier. Jimmy G's been cut. They save 11.2 million. Oh, that's fantastic. So I'm going to ask you a question here. Are the Eagles front office. Let's get into the second topic here. Is the Eagles front office. Coaching Jalen Hurts and moving Jalen Hurts in the wrong direction. You destroyed Carson Wentz. Are you doing it again? I 
I'm sorry. I'm going to make this comment here about Kellen Moore. I really don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm not optimistic. You know why? It's not that I don't think Kellen's a good coach. I think they're coaching him wrong. Why are you under the impression they hired the right guy? Now, again, you're right. Sills, how do you know that? I don't. But you're hiring a guy who doesn't fill the same skill set as the quarterback. And some would go like this. Well, we want to improve on his weight. I don't know. I want to improve on what he does great and systematically improve the passing game. You want to improve the passing game this much. I want to improve. I heard Tone talking about those stats earlier on the RPOs and about all the passing and how it is so more, even more to the point. That's the direction they're going. When I heard all those numbers, And again, that stuff can be boring to listen to, but there's a point to it because that's what builds trends in the league. You understand the National Football League is all about numbers and how you prepare your game plan on what a team does, what a team doesn't, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to do with their quarterback. You break down. We used to get our game plan. And right next to every play would be the percentage of what they run that play in. They like to run this play out of a brown set, which is a strong side set on the right hash, 29% of the times. And you see that, okay? 30% of the plays that they'll run out of 65 is going to be this play here. So you're cognizant of what they're trying to do and you look for the formation to give you an understanding of what technique and what the defensive coordinator is going to put you in. So that's kind of where you are. That's how you build trends. When I listened to some of those numbers that Tone was talking about on Hertz's RPO usage and the amount of lack of running, especially when I heard that Swift had his last 100-yard game in what like week two or three, I was like this, you're telling me they really, they completely got away from the RPO game and they want that kid to be a drop back passer. He will never win a Super Bowl and you will not have a successful season this coming season if you're going to coach this kid this way. Why are you coach? Please answer me. Why are you coaching something that is not resembling what you paid for? What's the reasoning? What If you didn't like him, you should have drafted a quarterback instead of paid him. You're turning this kid into something he's not. The further you move away, I'm going to tell you, I hear people saying this all the time. 2023 is going to define him. 2023 is going to define the organization's handling of him. More so than Hurts. If they handle this kid poorly again, Like they did last year, it's an indictment on the organization, Howie Roseman, not Nick Sirianni, but how they handled him. You guys are looking at the the low-hanging fruit of Nick. 
This is not a Nick thing. This is the organization's quest to make this guy something he's not. You know what? You've got to go back, and I, you know, and I, and I do this because Tone's on with it. Go back and listen to those numbers. Or better yet, we'll talk about them at 3.30. And we'll talk about some of those numbers. Those numbers are going to be indicative of this year. But they're going to try to cut down the turnovers. We talked about it yesterday. They threw the ball more and spread the ball less. And they didn't want them throwing over the middle. Do you understand what they did to that kid last year? The reason that that guy was second in turnovers last year is because of the fundamental angle and the direction of the organization. And they hammered it into his head, get down. You know, when Boomer Esiason said this to me, hey, you got to learn how to play with the contract. The Eagles have to learn how to deal with a $50 million player. Don't make them less accessible to the media. Allow him to be Jalen Hurts. He's a good kid. You want that face in front of people, not behind people. Dude, that organization, they, they think they have a shiny toy here or they have a Ferrari. Okay? I mean, at the end of the day here, what are you doing to him? You're listening. I'm listening to those numbers, and it just enhanced it. So get this. I took a look, and I went back and looked at his throw chart. Dude, they do not want him throwing to the middle of the field. Will that change this year? I don't know. So here, follow me. You don't run as many RPOs. He doesn't run as much. Because Jalen didn't run as much, you were not as proficient in your run game. It didn't matter if it was DeAndre Swift or Miles Sanders. Hertz wasn't a factor. So guess what you did? You took the middle of the right tone. Check it out. You took the middle of the field away. You made him throw to the numbers to two people. How are you helping him? And as the season went on, when Goddard went out, do you notice when Goddard got out, the thing fell apart even more? Because there were less targets to go to. Like yesterday, we were talking about Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud throwing everybody. And these are young players. One guy's a first-year starter. The other guy's a first-year player. Okay? Doesn't make sense. Will someone tell me why you're moving him away? And the answer is not this. Well, we want him to work on his worst thing. Well, you did. And he was second in turnovers. Everyone had a good year but him. Jalen Hurts did not have a good year. You know why? He couldn't handle and dig himself out of the train wreck at the end of the year. What's the point of having all your players have career years and you get blown out by the Bucs who a week earlier scored nine points to win the division? 
The Bucs scored nine points versus Carolina. Why are they moving the kid? How about this? Do you really think coaching Jalen Hurts, okay, passer rating versus the league. And see here what we got here. 3,700 passing yards. This was 2022. This is the 22 season. Look at the look at look at the look at the throw chart. How it was in the middle of the field, and it was on the numbers. Look at that. Very few screens. Look at look at that. You know why? Because the run game opened that. They had to stay close. Now look at this. Nothing in the middle. Short, intermediate, middle passes. Look at that. And look where the targets were. This guy threw 8.3% across the middle of the field. And he was all on the numbers. Look at where they isolated him. Guys, if Tone is picking that up and showing you this, NFL teams are putting this on in their team meetings. They're not coming across the middle. Okay? They're just not. And look where they're going. They're throwing to the numbers. That's all I kept telling you all year long. They're throwing to the numbers. They're throwing to the numbers. It wasn't hard. Look at look at how the entire middle of the field. Tone, go back to 22. Look what the RPOs did when he was running the ball in 22. He was keeping the linebackers home, freezing Fred Warner and Greenlaw. Look at how wide open the field was for him. Go to 23 again, Tone, and show them how limited. They are the reason that Jalen Hurts was second in the NFL in turnovers because of where they wanted him to throw the ball. This is a poor coaching philosophy and what they did to him. They stunted his growth last year by limiting him. And then when you put to the context, you only have two players and your running game it's not as effective as it was a year ago. Jalen Hurts had the hardest job of any quarterback in the league because he was limited in where he was going with the ball and who he was throwing to. And I ask you, why are they getting further away with Kellen Moore now? Why? Why? And I, and, and I tell you this, you started the season off great. You know why? They were assuming the league and the coordinators. What did I just get through telling you? That you have guys and people like Julian uh, Laurie, that the analytics guys are sitting there going, well, here's the book we have on them. And it was the 22 book. 
It was that passing chart book. That's what they went off of. Tell one more time, put that up for me. This is what happened when you were 10 and one. Okay, go to the 22 one. Okay, this is what the coordinators were doing early in the season. They took 22 and said, damn, this guy spreads the ball around a lot. It's because of the running game. So as that season went on, they were going off this intel, like most teams do, common sense. You don't change a game plan on a football team over one game. You do it over three to four. And then when you start to see tendencies, this is when you start building your game plan. And right here, go ahead, Tom. Go, 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 and now go to 20, go to the 23. And by the time the team started figuring it out, here they went right here, thrown to the numbers, not thrown to the center of the field. That's when he fell apart. It took the NFL about 12 weeks to figure out they did not change or evolve the offense. We said it all, all at the end of the year. Did we not say the offense never evolved once it was figured out? And here it is. By the way, this is not an opinion. This is who he is. Hertz is a complete drastic change. And that's harder. They made it harder on him. If you don't see that, like I said, I'm not talking to people who can't see numbers here. This is who he is. Or better yet, this is who they want him to be. You see what they want here? They want that 8.3 fixed. But the coaches didn't have confidence in him throwing over the middle. Why? Because he can't read defenses yet. That's okay. Shit, man. He was only a like a like a what? Going into his third year starting? That's okay. That's not a rip. It takes quarterbacks decades to be great fundamental readers. But what gave him the edge and why he gained that big leap that all of you talk about is because of his legs, not his arm. His legs created all the green areas. Look at that. That's spectacular. That's spectacular. Those are big plays. They thought they were going to duplicate that, except what? The number in the middle. Look at this. They went from the middle of the field. Think about this, and I don't want to get too technical here, and I think that says 127.1 to 8%. They took the middle of the field away from them. 8.3%. You went from 130% of the throws a year ago because of the RPO game and took the entire middle field away from them and made them throw to the numbers. Coordinators saw this. Yeah, that's struggling. 8.3? Passer rating. Middle of the field last year? 127. He was thrown to the middle of the field with great accuracy. 
and, and not only are they awful, Tone, but what they are is they're predictable. You know where he's going and to who. It was no secret. You took the element of surprise away two, two ways. Ready? The RPO was taken out, and you weren't spreading the ball around. Those numbers in 23, I can't believe he had to, hey, get this. I'll take it back. He had a great year. He had a great year. With as limited as he was and where he went with the ball, shit, man, I'm surprised he completed any passes at the end of the season. That's why they totally struggled, man. What a shitty way of looking at it. Man, I just tell, right there is the time to tell, that tells the story. That's right. Tones like this, I don't know how he made the Pro Bowl with these coaches. Look at that. His passer ratings are all on the numbers. Look at look at how, and by the way, in the 22, take a look at how spread out it was. Across, look how spread out the back of the back end was. Look how spread out that is. That's fantastic. Those numbers are terrible in 23. Rocksteady goes, I'd like to completely forget about the 23 season. Now, you know what? There's also a part of me. I appreciate it, Tom. Thank you, brother. We'll talk more about this and those numbers that you came up with um, at 3.30. Because when you listen to him talking, again, it gets boring, but it tells a story about what they were trying to do. Okay? It's just... It, but I have a feel. I think they're coaching him wrong. Okay? Get a chart on how much they threw in the middle versus the success they were when they did. Yeah, the numbers can become a headache, but you're right. It, it tells the story. So what are they going to do? In two th what is Kellen Moore actually? Now, look, like I said, the reason I, I, I brought up the Nick Sirianni thing. Nick is a failure on developing Hurts. Two and five. And he's 12 and 11 running an offense in Philly. He's 12 and 11. Okay. His record's misleading. When he keeps telling us, we never, hey, by the way, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tone. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I never heard any time last year, Nick Sirianni, when Shane Steichen was the play caller, him say, this is my offense. I never heard any time when Shane was calling the plays. I never heard any of that. Okay, but when Shane wasn't in the building, it was a priority weekly to hear him say, this is my offense. That's right. Tone's like, this is when analytics are good for use because it's a teaching tool. Right now, what you have everyone in the division of the NFC East they think the last chart that we showed you is who Hurts is. 
Jalen Hurts had an 8% passer rating in the middle of the field, which means what? The team and the organization doesn't trust them to throw across the middle. How many $50 million quarterbacks do you know that can't throw across the middle? And by the way, I'll make a point to you. I'd be pretty, I'd put a lot of money on that flow chart and passing. I would say that that thing probably represents Lamar Jackson too. Okay. Marty, what did he throw for 3,100 yards or some shit like that? He didn't throw for a ton of yards. When you throw the ball 47 times and you can't throw across the middle of the field and you're in the National Football League, you got a problem with your quarterback or your play caller or both. Okay? Kellen Moore, analytic guys, never played the game of football in their life. That's, and that's who you have running your, your scouting department. Um, Kellen Moore should get out of the staleness of their offense this coming season. I think it'll be a, I think we'll be a top five offense this coming season. So you think you're going to go from 8% where you he had an 8% quarterback rating in the middle of the field this season, and he's going to up that number? The only way you're going to up that number is if he runs more. And do you think they really are in a hurry to put him out there in RPOs again? I don't know why they don't come to the conversation. I'd rather have nine spectacular years of Jalen Hurts than 15 of 23. He's never going to get to 22 again. Not with the fundamentals that they're doing. Throw to the numbers, throw to two people. You're not allowing him to develop as a quarterback. Or get this, you're taking his asset away. He wasn't, Jalen Hurts wasn't drafted to be a pocket passer. Everything you're asking him to do, I think he's, that's the least thing he does well. And I'm not saying he's horrible at it. I'm saying when that guy is in the open perimeter and he's on third down, he's a weapon. He puts fear in you. Man, you know, and I know I'm being repetitive here on this one. Third and 11, shit. I, I never thought he wouldn't pick one up. When he didn't pick one up, I was like, damn, can't believe they held him in there. They couldn't set the perimeter on him. They couldn't set the edge on him. The field was more wide open. Didn't it seem A.J. Brown was more wide open? In 22, then in 23, especially towards the back. Hey, why do you think A.J. Brown's numbers went the other way? After week 10, why do you think his numbers went the other way? John says, Sills, they don't pay quarterbacks to run like that anymore. Yes, they do. There's a guy in Baltimore that's making $52 million a year. There's a guy in Buffalo that makes $48 million a year. Yes, they do. And in my opinion, the prototype quarterback is Patrick Mahomes that can do both. Okay? Now, I'm not saying you're going to find Patrick Mahomes. I'm talking the skill set. And some of you will go like this. 
oh, that's easier said than done finding a Patrick Mahomes. No, that's not what I said. It's the skill set. Like in that Super Bowl, what was the most impressive thing about what Mahomes did? He was shut down completely in the first half. How many points, Tone? Three? Or was it in the second? I forget. But they shut that team down. Niners had a 10-point lead at half. They shut that offense down in the first half. What did he do? Well, 66 yards was more important than the 333 he put up because guys started getting open. They were in fear of him getting out in the perimeter. They were starting to run plays. Romo was like, they didn't run that play all year. And they did it five times. His legs won that Super Bowl. And his decision-making. What was one of the greatest things that I said Jalen Hurts hadn't? Here, here's something that I haven't brought up a lot about Hurts' 23 season. I didn't think Jalen Hurts' decision-making was very good at all. In 22, he was brilliant. I think running the RPO is harder than progression reading. And I'll tell you why. You got to hike that ball and you got to determine right away whether or not do I hand it off? Do I keep it? Do I throw it? And you got to do that in a split second. You're kind of like your own OC. That's decision-making and game in-game awareness. When you're a drop-back guy, you have to have a pre, pre-snap idea where you're going. And you move your head around to move the, the DBs around and backers to create passing lanes. Or you slide like Roethlisberger used to. That takes a lot of skill set to do that. That takes a lot of knowledge. That RPO is not, hey, Tom Brady could never run an RPO offense. One, he doesn't have the skill to run that. And I'll make a point to you about having an RPO quarterback. Let me say this to you about an RPO quarterback in today's National Football League. What do you think the biggest asset it is that if you have an RPO player like Hertz or Lamar or like Josh, what's the biggest advantage you have when it comes to those guys with that skill set versus a seven-step guy? What, what, what do you think that is? You guys have an idea? What, what, what you think the greatest asset that is that you can have with a quarterback? It helps the run game. Steve, watch this one. It covers up deficiencies in free agency. It helps you cover deficiencies. If you're a seven-step guy and you lose a couple old linemen, not, not a chance in hell, you're going to be successful. Why would you have a $50 million quarterback and a $2 offensive line? But if you have a guy who can move around and could create some yardage for you, that's what Steve Young did when the cap started getting implemented. He could cover some holes when you lost an O-lineman to free agency or you lost a receiver to free agency because they have multiple skill sets or you lost a running back you didn't want to pay. It helps your cap. That's why he makes that money. The Eagles don't know how to handle Hurts at all. I think the ability that they have on handling him is fundamentally wrong. I would be totally working. That's why Kingsbury, hey, I'm going to tell you this. 
you guys are not going to agree with me, but I don't really care. Cliff Kingsbury is the second best hire to John Harbaugh of any coach so far in this coaching hiring cycle. You could say whatever you want. This this guy, he's the, he's the second best hire. Washington's got a ton of money. Got Kingsbury now that's going to develop. When he got to Texas Tech, that thing was a train wreck. You know, if you look at the numbers, you're going to go, he didn't have a winning record there, Texas Tech. They were one of the top three passing offenses by the time he left there in the country. He recruited Patrick Mahomes. So let me get this right. Cliff Kingsbury won 11 games in a division with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay in it, and he's at Arizona with the Bidwells. You, you could say whatever you want about him. You may not like him, but he was in the division with Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, and he won 11 ball games in it. Oh, shit. And Pete Carroll. So you had Pete Carroll, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and that guy won 11 games in Arizona? Oh, okay. 667. Yeah, all right. Um, I'd prefer Eric Bieniemy. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'll take Cliff Kingsbury. No, thank you. Okay. Sills, you would have hired Kingsbury if he had meant losing Stoutland? Probably not. The most important coach in your building is your O-line coach. Probably not. It's a great take. Probably not. But I don't know if Kingsbury didn't want. I think he wanted to, you know, maybe that was the thing. That that could have been one of the reasons he couldn't bring his own O-line coach in. Could have very well been. Okay. Yeah, you know, Tone, that kind of makes sense what the guy just brought up. Maybe he wanted to bring his own O-line coach in. And Eagles were like, absolutely not. I think the Eagles were right in that. That's a really great question. All right, Cole, all right? Let's see here. That's a great question, right, Rocksteady? He wanted more money and power. You're, you're going off of what you heard, right? I'm awake or you, what you heard in Las Vegas. Okay. Probably. Fantastic question. Why didn't he get that? I mean, was it Stoutland? Was that the reason? See, he's a, there's no question. They're drafting an RPO coach in Washington. Okay. They're drafting one. Is that Jaden Daniels? Is that Michael Penix? I'm not drafting Michael Penix. Michael Penix has been injured. And he's got a history of injuries. 
Like, he was at Indiana. He was always hurt. Here, I, I, I ranked. And by the way, once again, I'm not really, really high on these quarterbacks that are coming out. I think they have a really great chance, Washington, on doing something. Would Cousins go back? I don't think that that's something Kingsbury wants. I got Jaden Daniels, number one. I guess I got Caleb Williams, too. I got Drake May, three. Michael Penix, the elderly Bo Nix, and J.J. McCarthy, who I think is a third rounder. Guy's not a first-round draft choice. All these quarterbacks? Hey, one of these guys may be C.J. Stroud and shocked the hell out of us. But I'm not high on any one of them guys, except for maybe Daniels, because he's got a skill set like that. All the coaching moves they made were so off-trend for them. I don't see yeah it completely. I don't see why they wouldn't want to give Kingsbury full control of the offense unless he wanted to get rid of the entire staff, including Stoutland. They snatched control from Nick so willingly and gave it to Kellum without hesitation. I'm sure Kingsbury would have had the same privilege. I would say this though. I think the reason that Kellen Moore got the job as OC is because he was more apt to work with. Howie and the selecting of the assistants and Kingsbury wanted his own control of his own assistants, which he should. Why should I have you hire a coaching staff that I'm not comfortable with? Who who would do that? But a control freak. Hey, I'm hiring you to be my coordinator. You notice it looks to me that Fangio has more control over the defense because Clint Hurt and him know one another. I'll tell you this. I'd love to have Steve Wilkes as my DB coach if I'm the Eagles. I'd love to have that guy as my DB coach. Put Steve Wilkes back there. You have Vic Fangio, Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes is your defensive back coach. You're not going to go wrong there, Clint Hurt. So let me get this right. You'd have three coordinators on your defensive coaching staff? Is that a bad thing? Three coordinators that have had success in this league. You'd have a problem with that? I surely would not. I mean, I I think Vic has more control. I, and I, I think Kellen said, I'll work with you. You know what? Why do you think they're more apt not to give Kellen more control versus giving Vic control? Because the Eagles struggle at acquiring talent on that side. And on the offensive side, you got a $50 million investment that you have got to get right. You can't fail twice. Not, you know... You could bait what you thought of Wentz's time. Still a Super Bowl, all that. We've gone over it. I'm not doing it again. Okay? You can't miss this. You cannot miss this. And my fear is you're, 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 you've hired a guy who you're coaching, in my opinion, 
You're coaching his skill out of him. So there's less running, less RPOs, more predictability. You really think Kellen Moore is going to teach him under center? So wait a minute. And you're going to put him under center. So you're going to put him under center. By the way, think about what they – think about the whole complex offense. You know what, Tone? All you guys, you guys are right at the end of the day. The schematics of the offense and the play calling, they never gave Brian Johnson a chance. So you put him in shotgun. You take the element away of already the run. Once they figured out he's not RPOing it, you knew it's third, you know it's pass rush. Wentz was Josh Allen before Josh Allen. Okay. Th- think about it. So when you put a guy in shotgun, pin your ears. It ain't a run play. Unless the quarterback takes off, which he didn't. Then you find out he's going to the numbers, not the middle of the field. Then when Goddard's out, it's a train wreck. And when you don't have a running back that could sustain a running game, dude, I can't believe Jalen Hurts made the Pro Bowl. I really can't. Now that we're sitting here dissecting this, and we're actually looking at the disease that was in the offense, this fundamental thought process was self-inflicted. Hertz had no chance. He, But wait a minute, here. They fooled him for 11 weeks. Jalen's got to learn a traditional system at some point. No, he doesn't. I mean, that's like telling Steph Curry, stop shooting the three. You think Steph Curry's going to all of a sudden become a better defender? And spend time working on his defense? How much time do you think he spends working on his defense? Versus working on his three-point shot. Why are you working on the wrong thing? I'm not saying you don't address it. But Steph Curry ain't sitting around working on defense at Warrior Camp. There's no quarterback in the NFL that resembles the next quarterback. Everybody's got a different skill. Get this. You know, everybody goes, this guy's a system quarterback. Aren't all 32 guys different? Aren't they? Once again, I'm awake or you. Two different sports. I'm talking about the mentality on working on your skill. On what you do best. George Foreman was a knockout artist. George Foreman didn't give a shit about sitting there and just jabbing you to death, which he can. This guy didn't worry about winning rounds. What did George say on our program here? I worried about winning the fight. Did George Foreman's working on stupid shit? He's working on what he does the best. Ali working on his feet. All that. So you're insinuating Hertz is a better runner than thrower. I'm in- insinuating 22 versus 23. How does that not, Des? 
What do you think, Des? 22 or 23? What season do you want? What do you think? What was a better season, Des? Tyson wasn't working on damn jabs. He was perfect, perfecting the hook and the uppercut. Totally. Body punching and the uppercut. An overhand right. 22 for sure. Des, when, when we put up that chart, Hertz was great across the board in the back end of the passing game. Last year, he was on the numbers. In the middle of the field, he had he had an eight-quarterback rating. They stopped throwing it. And like I said, when Goddard got hurt, the entire middle of the field became a non-existent part of the passing game and the game plan. You think when 17 season was the best by any Eagle. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that false 26 and two was exceptional. Now, if we're talking about team quarterback, 11 and two helped you win home field. That falls 26 TDs, the two picks. That's nothing to sneeze at. That was a pretty good season. Okay? That was a pretty good that was a pretty good season by Foles when he he did that. Was that with Andy Reid that he did that? Mike Silski said something on Sports Take that was very interesting. He basically said McNabb could run but was hell-bent on beating you from the pocket, so he deleted it from his own game. And, and, and that's why he never won. Jalen, on the other hand, embraces his uniqueness and dual-threat ability. Sure, Hurts wants to win from the pocket, and he can when given the ability to run like we saw Mahomes in the Super Bowl. But he also knows he's best when he is mobile. Why are you getting away from that? Why can't anyone answer? Boy, I'll tell you, it's the money. It's the money. Giving Jalen Hurts the $50 million is not a bad thing. The Eagles giving Jalen Hurts the $50 million is a bad thing because they don't know how to handle him. Shit, they don't know how to handle him just by the PR department. Less accessible? Is that by him or by them? I don't think it's by Hurts. Dude, they put this guy in a box. And in a small sandbox. I mean, Boza was right. The passing chart tells you. It totally tells you. That, it, yeah, at the slagger, at the end of the day, Boza's saying taking away the B gap. Absolutely true. He's right. They're limited. They don't evolve. And 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 to what tone and a lot of people are saying, hey, so now all of a sudden you bring all these experienced coordinators in and all these experienced position coaches. 
And last year, you put the kid out there and you just let him get beat up. Couldn't handle the blitz. Couldn't throw across the middle of the field. Was targeting two people. Was throwing to the numbers. I mean, I, I honest to God, I cannot believe that kid went to the Pro Bowl and is a Pro Bowl player. You know, he played better than I thought. Okay? Remember, Hertz called himself a triple threat last season. Pass running and decision making. All true. At 23, he lost two of the three strengths. Shit. No, no, no. No, he no, he didn't. It was taken away from him. It was taken from him. He didn't lose it. it was taken from him. I'm going to take a timeout. We're going to get tone on here. And some of those numbers that he was talking about go exactly into that, that passing chart. And so I'm, I'm asking a question. Why did you hire Kellen Moore? To me, the hiring of Kellen Moore is taking him into a place where I think he's getting poor coaching. And Kellen Moore, not that he's a bad coach. You got get this. Think about this one too. Before we go to timeout, we got people on our network and in the Philadelphia market that wants to put Jalen Hurts under center, take the center away, have a new coordinator come in, and think that's going to be an easy transition. Is that what you're really saying? What are you talking about? And you got a coach in the building who's been told this year, just by the hires alone, you're not the guy to fix this. Hey, it's February 16th. There's no game Sunday. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Big Sills, hit the like button. So how many retirement people are you going to bring into your defense? How many old farts do you want on your team? Well, this guy was great in 2017 and 18 because he was with Vic Fangio, Eddie Johnson. Are you crazy? You want to bring in another old guy and be even older in the secondary? What are you, crazy? Yeah, you're looking at an old guy because you can't draft a position. Dude. Well, this guy was a pro bowler. All pro. When? Six years ago? Holy shit. 31 in December. You got a 30, what is it? Some odd year old in January. 33? Slay? You got a 30-year-old guy on the other side. Kevin Byers, whatever. And you want to bring in another old guy. Yeah, put him right next to all the rest of them dudes in there. It's like a retirement home. No, thank you. I have no interest in that. Dude, I got to get younger, cheaper, and better. That's your mentality. Not older and more expensive and praying for a guy to have the fountain of middle age. Okay? How many old guys do you want on your football team? 34-year-old Fletcher Cox, 36-year-old Brandy Graham. 30-year-old, 31-year-old Eddie Johnson, 33-year-old Slay. I thought we are going the other way. Add another old guy. Shit, you know, we'll have a great promotion, Tone, one day at um, Lincoln Financial. You know what it'll be? Oxygen night. Denture night. Walker night. Wheelchair night. I mean, dude, (laughs) my aunt can run a better 40 than some of your old guys. No, thank you. I have no interest in another old folks. (laughs) 
hey, I need Johnson. He just became available, and he played for Vic. And, hey, you know, he'll be 31 in December. <laughs> when was he good? 17. 17? Was it 18 or 9? When? Does it matter? Supposedly he was good like six years ago? Come on, man. Early bird special, yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what. You know where you guys can have your team meal on the road? You can get the AARP deal from Denny's. Grand Slam's fantastic. I love it. One of my favorites. You get the Grand Slam. Eggs Benedict, also fantastic. Wife turned me on to that. <clears throat> okay. Vulnerable. Paul runs circles around you and has a mountain of credibility compared to you. And you really want to talk? No, I don't have anything bad to say about the guy. Except the fact that he blows at his job in getting Eric Allen into the Hall of Fame. Other than that, I don't know him. I haven't talked shit on him. He called me a worthless piece of shit. I have nothing bad to say about him. I don't know him. You know, for me to get upset about someone, that would mean I respect you. I, 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 I'm Switzerland. God bless him. I'm not saying nothing bad about him. Okay? Now, LJ, um, earlier today at Birds 365, welcome back, by the way. Paul Dumbowich called me a worthless piece of shit because I backed Trent Cole's decision to believe in whatever he felt like as an American in this country. You want to believe in Trump or Biden? Or if you want to believe in David Duke, that's your decision. It's nothing to do with me. But he likes telling people who they should vote for and their religion and all the other stuff. That's for him. For me, I don't subscribe to that. Nor do I, I've never met him. I've never spoken to him. I have never, I don't even know if he knows people. Oh, he probably does because he's a Hall of Fame voter. That's for sure. I know that because of those shitty presentations on Eric Allen, which I'm told are horrible. Other than that, I have nothing really bad to say that he just can't get his guy in. God bless him. Would I ever call somebody that? No. Now, would I call somebody that if I knew him? Probably. <laughs> uh, hey, LJ. That's right. You see LJ there? LJ's the only guy that could call me a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> oh, man. I'm not going with that one up there, too, there, Stevie boy. I actually like that, Steve, but I'm I'm going to hang in there. You too, Flexin. I know you, man, all you guys. I get it here, man. I do. What'd you guys think about having Steve Wilkes as your DB coach? Imagine having three coordinators. Imagine having three coordinators. Former defensive coordinators in the National Football League. On your defensive coaching staff. I like that. 
Thank you, Flexin. I love you too, man. I mean it. You know what? Hey, Flexin, you know why I love you? You're here every day. How could I not love somebody? LJ, L, LJ's too emotional. He gets way too emotional. Okay, but I'm not saying I don't. I mean, you know. All right. How many people think that Hassan Reddick will hold out for training camp? You think he holds out for training camp? Or no? Think he holds out? I want my money. I want my money. You think he holds out? I don't think he should. I just don't. I think if he plays this right, look, there's one thing that I'll I'll concede with with Tone and with a lot of you guys. Four years in a row, double-digit sacks, he's going to get something. And it might be around the same room on what he's making now. Maybe a tick up. Because interceptions, turnovers, sacks, it is a premium. It is. It is a premium. Some team, but here, teams that are great and right there on the on the number. I mean, right? Get rid of them? I don't know. I don't know. Get rid of them. All right. Hey, real quick, I think it's really cool. Tyler Sw- Taylor Swift is giving money to the woman who died at the Kansas City slaughterings and shootings, shooting eight kids. All but one kid has been sent home, which is, thank God, they were supposed to only look to raise 75K, but they've raised over 200 and I think 50K now it's up to in that GoFundMe. And Swift donated 100K. Uh, So I think it's great. That's a great fan base. And believe me, uh, Kansas City has a great fan base. Eagles have a great fan base. Buffalo, all of them. So it makes these communities so spectacular. Okay. All right. Let's bring our friend Tone in. Big sales, big sales. The man, the myth, the legend. Listen, <laughs> if it means anything, if, if, if it means anything, I don't think you're a piece of shit. Thank you. Very. Oh my. Oh. <laughs> hey, I actually that matters to me because I respect and love you, and so that matters to me. Okay. Great, uh, you know, great. you know, Tone. I mean, I, I'm I'm not gonna go crazy on it because you know why? No, that's all I'm, good, man. That's I'm not good. gonna go personal on it like that. I mean, I don't allow. I think Trent Cole or anybody in our country has the right to believe in anything. Dude, if you want David Duke to be the president of the United States and you want to put him on your ballot as a write-in, you have every right to do that. The, the, the freedom of speech has just as much right for that guy as it does for you and me. And when you can't protect that guy, that's when you have a one-sided conversation and you're narrow-minded in your thinking process. The reason that you and I get along is because we have an open dialogue. By the way, you and I have complete, you know, it's funny. 
folks, I don't think you understand where our relationship has come from. Our relationship has truly evolved. Truly. Totally. Tone didn't really like my reputation. Wasn't it that he didn't like me? But he didn't, he only knew my reputation. Now, reputation sometimes doesn't fit the person because it's other people's and how they see you. But once you see for yourself what you're looking at, it changes your views and your 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 thought process on things, and you go, shit. Okay. And, and that's why I never get caught up into what a person says about someone, Tone. When someone goes like this to me, that guy's an asshole. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean I think he is. I want to know the guy before I call him an asshole. Yeah, look, at face value, some of you guys might think I'm a smart ass, which is probably true. <laughs> but you are. But if you get but if you get to know me, trust me. I love everybody, man. I want the best for everybody, truly. You know what I mean? I'm an easy, I'm an easy person to talk to all the things. Can I tell you what controversial is? Honesty. Truth. People used to always say this to me. Sales, man, you're one of the most controversial sports talk hosts of all time. And I go, you know, I've never went home putting a show together, sat up at night and go, hey, what could offend people? I never have ever in my life done that. Yeah. But what I did say is, hey, what's my opinion on this? What do you think this is? Hey, I'm going to have here this opinion on this. I didn't realize that an opinion is controversial. But see, even with a sports writer that you guys have in your town, that was offending enough to him to call me a worthless piece of shit without even knowing me. And I find that, you know, it's not offensive to me. It used to bug me. Now, I feel pity for him. And guess what? He's entitled to his opinion. Completely. Because we're in America. Absolutely. And that's why I don't get twisted. My aunt's yep. probably in, on the floor right now, pissed off. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 don't worry about it, Bet. Really, it's a nothing burger. All right. Oh, man. All right, let's have some fun, man. Let's talk some football. Enough let's go that. into this here. Tone, I think the Eagles need a new GM. Mm. Mm. I don't think they need a new head coach. I think that's low-hanging fruit. You know, it's, 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 it's funny you say that. Um, part of me says, I don't know if I'll go that far. But then part of me says, how can you, if someone says that, can I really argue with him? You know what I mean? It's Harry Roseman, he's, I believe in sustainability, right? And consistency. And the one thing he's been consistent at is flopping on defensive draft picks. That's one thing he's consistent at. You know, he can't draft DBs, can't draft linebackers, outs. can't draft linebackers. He really can't draft wideouts. Devontae Smith was ready-made. That was like a like I, I'll be honest. If, if you really if you really double back to that top 10 um draft order, nobody really missed. No. Nobody really missed. You no. know what I mean? Some people, in that whole thing. Right. Some oh. people may some people may say JC Horn because he can't stay healthy. Fair yep. enough. Yep. But other yep. but other than that, I mean, if you really go through all those picks, did anybody really and I could be wrong, but for the most part, around that eight, nine, ten, eleven area, did anybody really miss? No, no. So and there was moving around between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Right. The yeah. Cowboys got what they wanted, the Eagles got what they wanted, and neither of those teams missed. Let me ask you this. You think so? You know what? We asked the question before: would you rather have Michael Parsons or Devontae Smith? <laughs> wait, wait, we... no, no, wait, wait, wait. Do you Let's do this with the Cowboys. Okay. Who do you think the Cowboys would rather have, Devontae Smith or Michael Parsons? 
They'll probably say Michael Parsons. They'll probably. I, th- I think they would say that. I think I would, they would say that. I would because not. you know because I think I think Michael Parsons added a whole another dimension to their defense that they didn't have before. But he um, he evaporates. I know. I know. That kid know. doesn't disappear. I know, but I think, but again, I think they wouldn't say Devontae Smith is because at the time, and even now, you know, they, they, listen, I I pay attention to them when they speak. They love CD Lamb. They love him. They love how Mark much Coop, better is CD Lamb than Devontae? I personally don't think he's that much better, if at all. I I, I think CD Lamb is in a great situation that optimizes his ability. So um, if I put Devontae in a one, and I put him in a one chair, can you imagine Devontae in Houston? 139 catches, 1,500 <laughs> yards every year. Devontae would be insane with CJ Stroud. He'd be, How about he'd, you he'd, put he'd him in sick. Kansas City? Oh, man. That would be. How would you like to see that guy running routes for with Andy Reid and all Andy that? Reed. That, 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 would be, that would be insane. I think, he'd insane. Mar- I, think he would, I think he would mirror Justin Jefferson numbers. What do you got? What do you got up there? What is that? So we were talking about the Jalen Hurts numbers, right? Hey, hey, Tone, that passing chart shocked you, didn't it? No, it actually didn't. Because I saw it. I watched every game. And I doubled back and I was saying to myself, they're not utilizing the whole field. And he's not seeing the field as clear. But listen to this. Let me break this down, right? So people, pay attention to the RPO numbers and the play action numbers, right? So listen to this, right? In 2022, Jalen Hurts had 460 pass attempts for 3,701 yards. He put up he put up 1,100 passing yards in the RPO game, and he put up uh, just over 1,000 yards in the play-action game. He had 133 pass attempts in the play-action. He had 122 pass attempts in the RPO. Now let's go to 2023. In 2023, on 538 attempts, about 78, 78 more attempts, right? He put up 582 passing yards in the RPO on 116 attempts, which is a 32 attempt disparity between 2022 and 2023. In the play action game, he put up 81 attempts on 664 yards in 2023 in comparison to 133 attempts in 2022 and 1,000 passing yards. So let me just put let me just sum it all up for you, right? In 2022, 58% of Jalen Hurts' pass production came from the RPO and the play action combined, 58%. In 2023, only 29% of Jalen Hurts' pass production came from the RPO and the play action. 58% in 2022 to 29% in 2023. They hired the wrong guy. They literally cut – the math says it. He They literally cut – his play action and RPO production in half, in half from 2022 to 2023. Let's take it a step further and let's break it up. In 2022, 31% of Jalen Hurts' pass production came by way of the RPO. In 2023, only 15% of Jalen Hurts' passing production came from the RPO. And only if I'm 15%. A and if I'm a coordinator... Then I start looking at tendencies and where you're going with it on the numbers, not into the middle of the field, not spreading the ball around. He spread the ball around more because of the RPO in yes. 22. 
and 23, it was spread less. And the he win- threw more. The windows, yes, he yes, he here's the sad part about it. He had more attempts, he had more total attempts in 2023 than 2022, but he has significantly less RPO and play action attempts. You know what that also tells me? Beyond just what beyond just what you were saying, right? It tells me that A teams caught on to what they were doing and they didn't evolve, and B, the running game wasn't working. In order for the RPO and the play action to have any kind of success or sustainability, you have to have what? A running game. And they had they had no legitimate running game in 2023 in comparison to 2022. How do you how, how do you have more attempts? How do you have more total attempts but less RPO attempts and less play action attempts? Cuz it's a fundamental decision. They intentionally took away intentionally the RPO and play this, action game, which makes it what I said before you came on and you were behind saying it, Hurts, for what he did, is stunning. Sensational. Because Yes, sensational. Because they every single, by week 10, 11 and 12, teams knew what was going on. When Bingo. Goddard went out, you're going to two people on the numbers, never across the middle of the field. It became, that's why guys were sitting at home Calling offensive plays. Exactly. Because remember, Goddard got hurt in that Dallas game, the first one. Yep. The game right before the bye week. Yep. At when Goddard got hurt, and you saw two games with the Chiefs and the Bills without Goddard, you saw how limited the passing game became. And, and then how how even AJ and his numbers in the second half of the season after Goddard's injury went it, down. It, exactly. Now here's the thing. They were skating by the skin of their teeth in that Chiefs and Bills game. They barely got by. Hurts had to put on the Superman cape. It all came to a head against the Niners, a team that was good enough at the time to be able to take advantage of the mistakes and the deficiencies. And that's when Nick Bosa came out and said, we had a playbook on them. We knew yeah. what they were doing, what they were And they're do. right. And then that, coupled with the Goddard injury, coupled with the fact that they were cutting down on the RPOs, Coupled with the fact that everybody knew what was going on, it lines up perfectly with the offensive decline. Exactly. And and here, now you go into more. Putting Jalen Hurts under center, is are they trying? Here, can I tell you what I think that means? You could take that down now, Tony. Oh, yeah, I got you. It's a great chart. Um, let me tell you what I think putting him back under center does. I think it's a decoy. Okay, fill me in. I think it's a decoy to let them think they may be going back to RPOing it and having some element. Because if I saw him under center versus it's how a, many times was he in shotgun complete, last year? How many times was he in shotgun? Uh, that's a good question. Okay, if I if I try to do some kind of math here. You it, think it's over 70% he was in shotgun? So typically when you're in the RPO, you're in shotgun, right? So that would mean he was in shotgun. He had hmm, that's a good question. That's I didn't think question. he was in shotgun as much in 22. He was in shotgun a lot. Like Jalen Hurts spends a lot of time in the shotgun. He spends would a lot you of say time. It's in- over 70%. Yeah, yeah. I would say Jalen Hurts spends. North of 70% of the time in the shotgun or in the pistol. 
He's okay. hardly he's hardly under center. Okay, then what's the what's what's the point of putting him under center? That's a hell of a to your point, right? The decoy. It, that's a hell of a trend buster to put him under center most of the time. Yeah, that See, that will me, that will completely break your trend. That's right, and you can still do the same shit. Okay, right. because to me, if I'm a defensive coordinator or defender, I see a guy in shotgun. I'm already pinning my ears thinking it's third down, right. and we're in nickel. Now, when you put him under center, linebackers have to scoot up a tad because there could be a run element here. Okay, hold on, wait. I think I know where you're going with this, so follow me here. Are we are, are we both saying here that because they were so predictable in 2023 – with what they were doing with the RPO, because remember, although they ran, although although this they ran alignment adjustment, right? Although they ran less RPOs, we also have to take into account that the league caught on to what they were doing. Yes. So by putting him under center more, yes, that may not necessarily completely yes. eliminate the RPO, right? But it adds another element for defense right. to account it's for that they believe that they believe that Nick Sirianni wasn't capable of installing here. And here, here's something else. It's almost like motion. You know how motion sometimes a decoy when it comes to where you want to throw the ball? Putting a guy under center is also a decoy because mm. what it does is you have to respect the run game. You just can't. When you're in shotgun tone and you're in that automatically, mentality-wise, here, here, think about what they did. When they were in shotgun last year, so you put them in shotgun, automatically I'm in nickel and I'm thinking pass. Well, as we started figuring out your trends, you're going to the numbers, you're not going to the middle of the field, and I'm going to blitz. The blitz volume was so high this year on the Eagles was because they knew when to blitz. Mm. They knew when he was in shotgun, where he was going. They defended the numbers. Wow. Now when you put him under center – the element of the RPO comes back in, even if you're not running it. Look at this. Look at these blitz numbers right here. Give me one second. Because you're you're absolutely right when it comes to the blitz. They completely, they completely went right at him with the blitz. And, and when they couldn't pick it up, all the things that they had been doing. So look completely. at this. Completely. Look at this. In 2022, Jalen Hurts was blitzed 172 times and hurried up 39 times. And he was hit 22 times and pressured 99 times. Oh, this, this is the key right here. Yeah, it's the pressures. The pressures. Because the Even pressures though, lead to turnovers. Right, because he was only blitzed 13 more times this year. They pretty much blitzed them at the same rate, right? But here's the thing, though. The pressures. That's the drastic difference. In 2022, he was pressured 99 times. In 2023, he was he was pressured 124 times. That tells me, literally, although he was getting blitzed at the same rate, in 2023, it was affecting him way more than in 2022. I would dispute the 38 sacks in 22 to the 36. You know why? Those, 20, those 23 stats, 36, that's pocket sacks. Right, twenty-two. Right. That could just be him running in the sacks off the RPO. Exactly. You can make an oh. argument. You can make an argument. He would have got sacked less. Yes. 
Because remember, when you when you're when you're an RPO guy, when you're a guy that that's doing, you threat, run into him sometimes. You with run into him. Yards. If you, it's a minus one play, it's a sack. Yeah, you 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 hold the ball a lot. Sometimes when you're a guy like that, when you're dual threat, when you're like a Josh Allen and you're a Russell Wilson in his prime and you hold the ball more because you make things happen after the fact. But again, those sack numbers aren't even really the main thing. No, it's it's that it's those pressures. So let me see that 124 also puts stress on your old line. Exactly. Exactly. This that 124 tells me. The O-line wasn't picking up the blitz as, as well. The running backs wasn't blocking for the blitz as well either. And Jalen Hurts was significantly more effective because he was blitz. Listen, 172 versus 185 as far as blitz, as far as blitz um, attempts, that's not a drastic difference. But when you look at the pressures, that's the difference right there. They didn't affect him as much last year. They, they affected him way more this year. The number that impressed me the most, what you were talking about earlier with Rob, mm -hmm. was the lack of production off the RPOs this year yes. versus last year. That was the complete difference, Tone. Exactly. And 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 his game this year. Right. And was, and, and, and the success with the RPO last year eliminated the, eliminated the pressures. But the lack of success with the RPO this year and not committing to it the way they did previously, and also teams picking up on it, led to more pressures getting through. So you're right. It's all about that RPO success. So what's Kellen Moore's role? I think it's I think it's exactly what you said, right? To you know, to build in some trim busters because although although they RPO'd less this year in comparison to 2022, I'm willing to argue. I'm willing to argue the fact that teams caught up to it, and they remember Nick kept saying it's the same offense. Brent Covey said it's the same offense. They didn't change anything. So yeah, they may have RPO'd less, but I'm willing to argue teams caught up to it even more. And they caught up, but you could see they caught by week 12. Yes, you could see it. They saw, hey, do you have that pass chart that yes. you had earlier? Sure do. I want both of us to take a look at that from the 22 season and compare it to, I want to get your take on that because let's start out with the 22 year. Yep, this is the, 20, the 22 year right here. Look how wide open the field was. Insane. Look what the, look what the, Look in the middle of the field. Had 127 QBR rating in the middle of the field. His quarterback rating was 127. Look at the numbers. How accurate over, he was. Over 100 quarterback rating on the numbers in the middle of the field, in the, two th in the middle of the third. Mm -hmm. And over to the right, he was exceptional as well. He was significantly, he was significantly more accurate in 2022 just all across the board. Look I mean. He was attacking you all over the field. You now, look, if I'm a D coordinator here, I defend this. This is what I'm saying. Shit. Okay. Backers, you can't cheat. You got to be up on the line because you got to defend that RPO. Okay? Which, leaves the, which, leave, which leaves the middle of the field open over the top. Absolutely. That's why in 22, weren't we saying this about AJ? Man, I'll tell you what. Every time that guy catches the ball, he drags bodies. This guy's wide open. The, the windows wide open. The windows last year were so much more open this year. Uh, last year, also you asked. You also had a guy in Shane Steichen who was, um, in, who was who was installing and designing the route concepts. And, and, now, and think of this: you're not predictable here and you, at all. This is this is clear cut unpredictability. And by the way, what these charts show you 
is also a non-opinion. This is what he was. Right. This is not opinion. This is strictly fact. Right. Now go to this year. This Almost is not the opinion. Entire middle of the field, except for short dump passes, mm-hmm. was excluded from the passing attack. Also, they weren't able to hit teams over the top as successful as they were last year. Teams caught on to what they were doing. And get this. Either the left either the left number or the right number. And what I mean by that, folks, numbers on the field. Okay, when you see the numbers on the field, they were throwing to the numbers. Right. And that's what they did. The entire middle of the field was based or over the top, right? Over the top. And they could not get big plays going. And you were predictable. You were either going to Vontae or, or you AJ. were going to AJ. And that was it. Yep. As a matter of fact, it's so funny. Goddard's injury, you know, it's so easy to say, yeah, you know, because he got hurt, the pass made him more predictable. It made him more predictable, but I'll take it a step further, right? Even when he was healthy, it wasn't that it wasn't that they weren't capable. It wasn't that they weren't capable. They were unwilling to figure out to get Dallas Goddard involved. And it became so bad that we began to say, hold on, wait. We it, we talked about them being unwilling to get Goddard the ball. Are they even capable of finding a way to give him the ball? That but that was the thought process. I think Goddard was the middle. Right. Yes. Yes. I think I think in 2022. Steichen did a better job of getting the ball to Goddard. He did a better job of utilizing the tight ends. Um, you saw guys more, more you saw guys making more of an impact like Jack Stoll and Grant Cockertill. You saw guys that like Shane Steichen's ability to just utilize that entire field and get the ball in everyone's hands and really maximize Jalen Hurts' abilities was bar none. And you saw that this year with his ability. He turned Gardner Minshew into a pro bowler. Are we Are we serious? Right. He Gardner turned Mitchell Gardner Minshew into a pro bowler. Tone, again, explain to me, though, how if you're the Eagles. And they won nine games. How in the world are you looking at this and saying, Okay, we just want to improve on this. This is not who he is. The 22 hertz is who he is. And you want to get away from that. I again, dude, the further they get away from the 22 season, the more the more um damage I think they're doing to the kids develop. I don't think you're de- Hey, look, more I'm not saying Moore's not a good coach. I'm just saying you're I skeptical. don't like the direction. You're skeptical. And I don't like the direction. Right. I totally get it. I to- I totally understand it because when you look when you look at the numbers, you know, you say to yourself, Well, why would I want to build on 23 if that's clearly wasn't successful? I understand exactly what you're saying, right? Um, I think the only reason I look at Kellen Moore as the only the only reason I'm optimistic is because of the fa- because of this fact. The league. Whatever they were doing in 22, because remember, they were doing this, they were so-called calling the same plays. Whatever they were doing in 22 clearly didn't work in 2023. But they also eliminated one part of it, completely eliminated the RPO. And also, they didn't have a run game. The run game, the I think I, I think it was more so the running game. How about the combination of it? 
It's fair. It's fair because they ran less RPOs and less play action. But also remember this, you know, in order for all those plays to work, you got to have the running game. If you don't have a run, if you don't have a running game with your quarterback or your running backs, why would I respect your RPO and your play action? So I think I, I, I think regardless, no matter how we cut it, it always goes back to that running game. Hurts is running game. Yeah, yeah, both because in the RPO you got to respect the running back and the, and the quarterback, and that's why Miles Sanders and the two thousand yards between him and Hurts, that was I mean, the the threat alone, the threat alone was taken out of that game plan. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I think the problem that they really had and ran into Tone was that they ran into all those DCs early on in the year. And, and, and systematically, they picked away at it slowly, and they slowly got what they were thinking. And all of a sudden, the Eagles were so exposed they couldn't pull their pants up. Exactly, and the only reason they lasted as long as they did is because they were so talented on that side of the ball. The talent carried them to Week Twelve. The scheme couldn't carry them beyond that because talent gets you. But listen, it's it's like real life. Talent gets you but so far. Oh, absolutely. At, at some point, you got to work hard. At some point, you got to hit the gym, right? At some point, you got to start eating healthy. Yeah. Talent gets you but so far. That's right. And Sometimes you got to eat your Wheaties too, man. It ain't it, just about going in the gym there. You got to eat your Wheaties and do the right thing. All of that shit, man. Exactly. And talent got them to 10 and 1. Here's here's something else here too that's part of this. You know, you know, you 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 bring a great point up about all these guys that are being brought in here. So you bring all these guys in here and you're basically telling your head coach, you can't fix Hurts. You know what they're saying also? They're saying, because remember, we talk about talent versus coaches, right? And you always use this analogy when it comes to the jockey and the horse. I don't care how fast your horse is. Who's riding them? That's right. Who's the jockey? That's right. And, 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 that's, what, and that's what we saw in comparison to 2022 and 2023. The Eagles, the Eagles had a better jockey in 2022. I... I I got that from Warren Buffett and Buffett was talking about, cause you know, he does that NCAA tournament for his, um, for his employees that, you know, they make these great, they make like hundreds and hundreds. Some people make millions of dollars on this NCAA tournament that they have for Brookshire, his, um, his company. Mm -hmm. And he, I go like this, I go. So when you're investing in a company, he goes, no, 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 I don't invest in a company. You know, of course, you look at the numbers, you look at capital reserves, you look at this and that, look at a company's over or underachieving. He goes, I invest in people. Mm. He goes, never invest in the widget. Always invest in people. And he goes, when you have a great horse, you don't invest in the horse. The horse can take you so far. The horse doesn't know how to go to water sometimes. Mm. You invest in a jockey because he'll lead you to the water and lead you to the finish line. And guess what? You ever seen you ever seen those uh those Fast and the Furious movies with uh yeah. Vin Diesel? You just one one of the most infamous lines from that franchise is when Dom was racing somebody and they said, "Man, you gonna race me in that kind of car?" Dom looked at him and said, "Oh, it ain't the car. <laughs> it's the driver." <laughs> like hey, just like Maverick, man. Hey, it ain't the plane. It's the it's man you. and woman in the box. Exactly. It ain't. The, listen, you can have as much talent as you want. But who's driving that thing? That's right. Who, who who who's pushing them in the right direction? Especially in the NFL, when you have a coach like Andy. Look at Andy. That's why when people go like this, man, this thing's all Mahomes. No, it ain't. Andy's putting him in a. Andy 
You know what Andy does for Mahomes? You know what a mm-hmm. great play calling head coach does? He's great at designing yeah. pass routes, but you know what he does? He knows how to put guardrails. It's a marriage. I need this guardrail. Does this guy need these guardrails? Because guess what? And you let Patrick Mahomes play inside this guardrail. I'm so glad you said that. And that's the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Josh Allen and McDermott. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Because Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. See, Patrick Mahomes is just this. You got to think about Patrick Mahomes' skill set. He's a big-ass just ball of just power, energy, everything. Talent. You need somebody, just a big-ass ball of talent. You need somebody to refine that and focus that. So it doesn't just, he doesn't just go off the off the charts. What's going on in, or what was going on before Joe Brady took over, what was going on under Ken Dorsey, no offense, I know that's a guy, but what was going on was the fact that they were just letting Josh Allen just, just go off, just shoot, just shoot, just shoot. He needed to be a sniper, not a machine gun. And Andy Reid has turned, has converted Patrick Mahomes from a machine gun to a sniper. See, when Tyreek Hill was there, that was the machine gun, Mahomes. <laughs> After Tyreek Hill left, he had to turn him into a sniper. And that's exactly what Patrick Mahomes is right now. They need, in Philadelphia, they need to turn Jalen Hurts into a sniper. They got all that talent with that kid. Don't, don't muzzle him, but focus him. And you need the right people in place to bring the best out of that guy. All right, let me go here now. You think Hassan Reddick holds out for training camp? That's a good question because I because you know John brings brings this up all the time. Would you? You know, lat, would would I hold out? Would I? Would you no, hold out not, if you yes. had? Wait, wait now. I got four you. years, right. double digit sacks. You said it. I happen to agree with you. Now you talked me into it. <laughs> I think there's a there's a market for hey. Davian Clowney has never had a double-digit sack season in his entire career. But they he keep was paying the one, him. number one overall pick. Okay, and they they keep paying him though. And they, so <laughs> there's there's a market for this. Okay, I'm gonna concede that. Aren't you in a good place if you got 50 plus sacks in four years, and you're sitting there going like this, dude? If the Eagles don't want to pay me, it's really gonna be all about where I land. Right. If it gives, because right now, here's what he has. He's underpaid in Philly. How they're going to use him is still yet to be determined. Right. And if that's he the, goes big, somewhere else, he may make more money. But how would they but use But he it? could be in Carolina again um, or something like that. Yeah, or Arizona. Where he's yeah. in a place, has no chance to win. It, it, you know, do you take the money? And do you go to a team where you have no shot at all at winning anything? Tennessee or something? Some shit like that, right. <laughs> something like that where you're not going to win, okay? Mm. You take a chance because usually what happens, Stone, the teams with the big money, 
and all the draft equity are the shitty teams that are getting ready to go into the draft. Usually you don't have like what the Eagles had last year, the ninth pick in the draft, and you're just coming off a Super Bowl. That's not how that works, you know? Right, right. Um, you, you, you raise a good question. Would I hold out? Holding out means I'm losing money. I'm losing checks. And that's I don't believe I, I don't believe in losing money. I don't believe in burning it. So no. me personally, although I'm still in the middle of my negotiations, I feel like it's imperative for me if I'm Hassan Reddick, if I'm him, it would be imperative for me to come in, be a professional. See, John John brought it up and it was very smart. He said Hassan Reddick isn't the type to hold out, but he definitely thought he would hold in. And what he mean by that is show up. Go to your meetings, all that kind of stuff, but don't practice. Here's what I think happens. It's being reported the Cowboys are going to address Michael Parsons this offseason. That would be smart to get ahead of it because that number is going to jump. They're smart if they get ahead of it now, so you're right. We're going to take a look at that number. What in this offseason – hey, can you double-check that? Because I I heard that the Cowboys are going to address that. And – They've got to decide if they're going to pay him and they got Dak that they have to deal with after this year too. So they've got CD, they've got, because I think this is his so, what year now. So this is, so this is, this is what just came out within the past week. It says, and this is um, from Michael Parsons. He basically said he won't rush contract. He, he said he won't rush the contract process. CD Lamb is the priority right now. That's what he that's basically what he said. Smart. That's smart, but that's not what's going on. Yes. This or yeah. here's it. Or here's here's the exact quote. He says, I know they got to get he says, I know they got to get CD Lamb done. I think that's the I, I think that's the priority right now. See, words matter. Yeah. He didn't say he didn't say that's what he thinks the priority should be. He said that's what he thinks it is. So he says, I know they got to get CD Lamb done. I think that's the priority right now. What's meant for me is meant for me. I'm not going to rush the process. I'm going to just enjoy the process and keep working until it's time. In other words, okay, you you prioritize what you want to prioritize, but just know I ain't cutting no shorts. The price is going up every single time you wait. That's what hey, I'm hearing. Tone, go on your go on your metric that you use for market value. What's the market value for Parsons? Let me see if I can find it because they don't have it up for every guy. But let okay. Me see let, it might me, not be then for him. You're right. Let me see. Typically because his have, deal, he, I mean, he's still, I think, at another year. But they want to address this because they can't pay everybody in one year, Tone. Okay. They have it up for him. Woo. Hold up. <laughs> oh, man. So, wait. They, everyone, before he says it, this is why... This whole conversation, Tone, is coming to a point where the agent for Hassan got out in front of this along with the Eagles because the Cowboys, folks, here's the number for Michael Parsons. (laughs) Oh, my God. Four years, one oh one nine. Oh my God! His average salary right now is four point two million. 
he's going to get a $20 million raise, $21 million raise. That's estimated. But again, remember, that's just what they estimate. That's what they think. It might be more than that. That's because the cap will go up. The cap's going to go up. Um, you never know what the market's going to look like. Um, also, you got to factor in what those other guys are getting paid, like Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. How many Watt, teams do you think would pay that? A lot. I think 20? a lot of teams would pay that. I think a lot plus, of teams would pay that. Plus 20 teams? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because Micah's versatile. Micah's versatile. And, um, you know, again, here's another thing. If you you got Nick Bosa making thirty million dollars, I think, I think I think Nick Bosa makes about thirty. You got Miles Garrett, and those guys making like twenty six, twenty seven, all around there. Chris Jones makes twenty eight nine. You want to hear something crazy? Chris Jones actually in twenty twenty three only made nineteen point five million. He's his estimated market value is like twenty eight. Yeah, twenty eight nine. So if you're Hassan Reddick and you see this. Okay, so you don't think I'm Micah Parsons, Sills. Surely, I'm 18 million. Surely, Tone, I'm 20. Aren't I, Howie? Well, we're going to find out. Look at this. Watch this. We're going to find out. These are the average salaries. 2024. Four edge rushers. Oh my God, Bose is thirty-four. I was more Watt, than I twenty-eight. Joey Bosa makes twenty-seven million. He robbed them. He robbed them. He word is he's on the trade block. Montez Sweat makes twenty-four. Washington traded that. Gary makes twenty-four. Khalil Mack. On his third or fourth team, makes 23. Harold Landry. Hold on, hold on. Alex Highsmith, the other guy. You know that movie, The Other Guys? I happen to love it. It's one of my I love favorite. that movie. <laughs> Alex got- Smith is the other guy, and he makes more than Hassan, Hassan. Reddick. You yeah. think it's got a, You think there's that distinction with Reddick because he's been, he's been cut. And I you think, think that he's been on multiple teams that that you, plays into it. You want to know the difference between Hassan Reddick and all these guys? I'm gonna tell you the difference. First rounders. No, not even that. Um, Alex Highsmith wasn't wasn't a first rounder, at all. You you want to know the difference? Hassan Reddick is six one two forty. Listen to this. Landry, 6'2", 252. Draymond Jones, 6'3", 281. Uh, Eric Armstead, 6'7", 290. Daniel Hunter, 6'5", 263. Alex Highsmith, 6'4", 242. Shaq Barrett, 6'2", 250. Uh, Cam Hayward, 6'5", 295. Uh, Emmanuel Ogba, 6'4", 275. Zach Allen, 6'5", 285. Carl Lawson, 6'2", 265. Tone. I'll tell you something here. Size matters, baby. Don't oh, let her tell. Don't listen. Don't let her tell you different. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> very good. Hey, listen. I'm not kidding you. I used to tell people this. You know, and 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 that goes into your size matters. You see this right here, Tone. Right here, about an inch. 
that was the difference between me making three and a half million versus two and a half million. If I was one inch taller, instead of being six one and a half, and I was six two and a half, I'd have made another million. If Jerome was one more inch taller, Jerome would have made another million and a half from the Eagles when he signed. And this is the NFL. They're not weighing these guys and measuring these guys for no reason. They're not doing it for their health. They're doing it so they can decide how much they're going to pay you. It's true. Seriously, you just said it yourself. There are guys right. that lose money because of height, weight. You don't you get drafted. You, you get drafted in a different round. Because of your height. Because of your height. I'll put you this way. If Cam Jurgens was 6'4", he'd have been a first-rounder. If N'Kobe Dean was 6'1", he would have been he'd a first-rounder. Be first rounder. Devin Lloyd is like 6'2", 6'3". And they were comparing those two all year in the draft. Remember that? Yep. All, no, all no, that's, that's the metric on draft day. You're right. You're not drafting a 5'11". Hey, how many 5'11 linebackers have you ever seen go in the first round? I can't think of one. Denzel Perriman's been playing. You know, Denzel's my boy. He's a UM kid. I think he's going into his 10th year. And he's and look, like a little, he's like 5'10". Right. And look, I don't know exactly what Hassan's looking for, but based off his production, he's, if, if I'm if, if I'm guessing, I think he's looking to be in. You think he's in a good place? <sighs> what, what do you mean good place? When I look at these numbers here, here, go to the top. He's not. He's not in this category. He's not oh, in this category. Hang on, hang on. He's not in this category. Hold on. How many sacks does he have in the last four years? In the last four years? Yeah. Give me one moment here. So in the last in the last four years, Hassan regular Reddick, season only. Got you. Regular season only. Give me one moment here. So he had 12 and a half that final year in Arizona. He had 11 in Carolina. He had 16 in Philly. He had 11 the last, the second year in Philly. He has 50 and a half sacks in the past four years. Okay. That's it. That's an average of divided by four. That's an average oh. of 12 and a half sacks a season over the past four years. Okay. Boza and Watt, he's not in there. You think Joey Bosa has been more productive than I him? think I think Joey Bosa is overpaid, overrated, and never healthy. But he has to see that too. Now, obviously, he's not Garrett. You think Montez Sweat has been more productive than um than Hassan Reddick has been? Uh, in the I'm, last not four entirely, years? I'm I'm not entirely sure. Sills, can you give me 30 seconds? I gotta let this maintenance guy in. Can you give me 30 oh, seconds? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry about that. That's all good. No, the, the point I'm making, folks, is that Reddick may be in a better position now than I thought he was in because of the amount of production. He's got 50 and a half sacks in four years. And Micah Parsons' number is $25 plus million when his contract is going to be negotiated by Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. So he's a hey, Yale. He's got to look at it like this with his people. Hey man, what, why aren't I in the conversation? And I could make the argument that he's the most underpaid guy 
right? I agree with you, Chris. I, I don't think Mac is as productive, and he makes a killing. Now, I'm with you on that. Yeah, the one-dimension thing bugs me, too. I think he's a liability on the field, and I've been saying this, that I think he's a liability on the field. I totally agree with you on that. But the money for a pass rusher, just like for a corner, you could see some of these guys. I mean, look, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, um, Nick Boza, he's not in that conversation, obviously. Okay. He he's not 30. I don't believe how, how old is he? How old is Reddick? Reddick's not 32. I thought he was 28. If I'm not mistaken, that's not awful. I thought he was 28. Flexen says um, he had a solid year this past season. I remember too, Flexen, he started the year out when he was in the cast. And then the new defensive coordinator came in and completely screwed up on how to use him. Max 32, Hassan's turning 30. Well, we're starting to get up there to where you start to hedge. And when you look at his market value, Khalil Max Sills is 32. Yeah, man, he's on the back end of that contract for sure. So Hassan's 29. Okay. Sorry about man. that, Soros. I appreciate it, man. It's all good, brother. It's all good, man. Yeah. But when you look at that list, Tone, mm-hmm. shit, half that list, he he's he's produced more than those dudes. Now, I, I keep going back to the limitations that he has in his game. Look, he's not in Garrett's league. I, I mean, Montez, what? I don't know. I mean, Gary. I think he's as productive as Gary. I hear you. He's better. I totally. I listen. Back nine. I totally. I I totally agree. Like when you look at the numbers, especially over the the past four years, you see clearly. Oh, Hassan Reddick has produced as much as these guys, if not more. He's the only edge rusher outside of Miles Garrett to have back-to-back seasons, four years in a row of double-digit sacks. No other edge rusher has done that um, outside of Miles Garrett. So only two guys have done that. So. If you're if you're Hassan Reddick's team, you're saying to yourself, I don't understand why I can't get this money. But I was talking to John McMullen about it. And one of the things he said to me was, look, although Hassan Reddick has been extremely successful and extremely productive, more productive than most of these guys, these teams are paying you not off what you've done. They're paying, paying you off of what they think you're going to do. And an undersized edge rusher doesn't age well in the NFL. He relies so much on speed. They look at it as your speed's going to go before your power goes. Miles Garrett has great speed. He's a pretty speed. athletic guy, though, man. No, I, 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 I'm with you. I'm with you. But, you know, you, you look at those guys like Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, TJ Watt, all those guys, they have great speed to power, power to speed. They, you know, they have the bull rush. They, they're, they're very dynamic. Um, Hassan, he has a plethora of moves. He has a lot of moves. But that speed and your undersized, how long does speed last in the league or quickness? So I think Hassan deserves to get paid, but I don't think he's – I don't think the Eagles are looking at him as this 24, 23, not even a $22 million guy. What about a $20 million? It's possible. It's entirely possible. You know, now that I'm looking at – now that I'm looking at these numbers – 
Would you not agree the top 15 players in the league are making, as an average, 22? I mean, look as at the a, numbers. You know what? You know what? That's a good point. You go, as, you, hey, the first time you get out of the 20 million is on the 11th spot. Yes. Yeah. And it stays at 17s, high 17s. So by the time you get to 15, if you put all the numbers in an average together, it's about 22, 23 million dollars. Yeah. And also listen to this, right? So he's got to look at that and go, why aren't I in there? Now you see, you see Trey Hendrickson, right? Yeah. Trey, Hendrick, Trey Hendrickson just got paid from Cincinnati. He just got a big contract from Cincinnati, right? He's a young dude, though. He's he's currently 29 years old. Oh, okay. Trey Hendrickson is 29 years old now. So this older. must be a second deal. Uh yes, he was with New Orleans at first. Right. Now, now, now listen to this. Over the past four seasons, because Trey Hendrickson is the cutoff for 20 for 21 million. Von Miller got 20, got 20, but I'm not even gonna talk about him because he, he's aging out. But Trey Hendrickson, right? Over the past four seasons, he gave you 13 point 13 and a half sacks in 2020. In 2021, gave you 14 sacks. In 2022, he gave you eight sacks. But then in 2023, he gave you 17 and a half. So that's 53 sacks over the course of four years compared to Hassan's 50 and a half. So not 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 a big difference. Not horrible. Not, not a horrible difference. Trey Henderson and Hassan Reddick have produced the same. So if I'm a Hassan Reddick's team, I'm saying, hold on. Trey Henderson got 21 million. Von Miller, where has he been the past couple of seasons? Hear this one. Check this out. Did Khalil Mack have 17 sacks at 32 last year? Khalil Mack is a is a he's not human. He's going to the Did he have game. 32 sacks? <laughs> Listen to this. I mean, he has 17 sacks and 56 pressures last year at 32. Khalil, Khalil Mack had a career year last year. He had 17 sacks in 2023. Okay. So, Tone, follow me here with this. He's if aging you're... back. He's aging backwards. <laughs> That's Tell crazy. me this. Okay, so this is my team. I'm pretending. That I'm I'm uh, Hassan Reddick's team. Okay. Okay. We got a 32 year old guy who just led, probably led the league or was one of the top leaders in the league in sacks at 17. He's mm -hmm. 32. My guy's 29. That guy is how much is Khalil making? Khalil's in the top 10 for sure. He's yep. up on that list like around what 23 million. Khalil's okay. making 23.5. Yep. Okay. He's 23.5. You right now, my guy's making fifteen million dollars and has done just as much as Trey Hendrick, uh, Hendrickson has done just as much as uh, Khalil Mack has done just as much as any of those top ten guys. Why aren't I in? A, I'll tell you, I'm talking myself more into that. It's a tougher decision. Why would you allow him, though, Tone? If he's that much of a commodity, why are you allowing him? To test the market. Here's the difference. And again, I know it sounds redundant. Khalil Mack, 6'3", 269. 16 sacks is 16 sacks, though, Tom, whether no. you're 5'1", or 6'1", or 7'1". I hear you. I, I, you're, you're not wrong. I know how that – it's a metric that matters. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like – I think Hassan Reddick deserves to get paid. How much is the question, right? I think a fair number, because remember, we were talking, you were talking about 12, 13. <laughs> Dude, it absolutely nothing. I'm, you guys over here and you, I'm, I'm way 
off. Okay. He might, but, 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 but Tony, he's limited, man. And is like, if he's in the wrong system, he's not. And I think that, and I think that's the difference between him and a lot of the guys that you, that we're talking about in that big money category, you put them in any situation. That's right. Miles Garrett, you could put him on the Tennessee Titans and he's going to be an impact. Right. I think if you put us on Reddick in Tennessee, I think it's just 12 sacks of nothing. Remember the first the first few years with Hassan Reddick, they he couldn't get production because they weren't using him right. It wasn't until they changed who was who was the who was the Arizona Cardinals coordinator in um in 20 in 2020. Who was their defensive who was the head coach there? In 2020? Was uh, it was it the coach in Tampa? Todd Bowles? Well, no, no, it was Kingsbury. In 2020, it was Vance Joseph. The guy is in Denver now. Now, here's the thing. Vance Joseph was their DC in 2019 and 2020. So it took Vance Joseph about a season to figure out how to use Hassan Reddick. But they have come out publicly since saying we screwed that up. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Um, and ever since then, ever since he's been getting used right, because remember, he got traded to Carolina. And I don't know what defense Carolina was running, but one thing I do know, they he had him rushing. He going to have a good time with Matt Rule because Rule coached him in college, I think. Who was the D.C. in Carolina that year in 2021? Shit, man. Had to have a lot of Ron Rivera. Was, was Rivera? No, he was in D.C. Who the Carolina Panthers D.C. I, was. I don't remember who the D.C. was. Some guy named Phil Snow. Okay. No, no idea. No idea who he is. But that was Rivera. Wasn't no Rivera was was no, in Rivera's Washington in DC then. Yeah. So, but the head, the head coach was Rule, right? Yeah. Hassan Reddick was still productive in that system. See, this is what this is what bodes in Hassan's favor. No matter how you slice it, he was in three different three different defenses, and he was still productive. He can sell that if his if that's his team, because the Eagles might say, "Well, it depends on what system you're in," and his and their retort can be. Well, I played for three different teams in four years, and I got double sex every single time. So, what are you talking about? That that's their retort. I think Hassan Reddick. I think I think in all fairness, he might be because look, here's another thing to keep in mind as well. It's twenty million, and then it drops off to seventeen point five. So there's a gap between seventeen point five. Still more than he's making. Could could he be a nineteen million dollar guy? Eighteen? Because remember. 17 point, it goes from, in terms of the ranking and, and the income, 17.5 is the is the 12th ranked highest paid edge rusher. And then Von Miller jumps to 20. Could he be in, in, in between 17 and 20? Is that a fair number? Could he be an $18 million guy? 19? How many years are you giving him? When the new contract takes effect, he'll be 31. So that means three years beyond so thirty one. Hey, so am I? Pay, put are the you money paying up a, front. Are, put the money up front. So basically, do what they did before. Put the money up front and deal with the cap ramifications on the back end. And go and have the base go down. But if they put the money up front, the base has to go up. I want to sign a bonus. So you got to give them more money up front. Yeah. So I I, I can't have. A 32, 33-year-old guy giving me four sacks 
with a salary cap implication of $24 million at the back end of that. And that's dead cap. I can't. So should so so should they front? So should they front, front with the contract? With it, with put the cap hits up front. Money. Put the cap hits up front then, because yeah, because you're going to get more. That's the problem with this. Because you've got to figure. Hey, the only way you fix this is give him a bag of money, lower his number. That's the only way you do this, Tone. That's the only way. Because they can't go into the season with him having a $21.5 million cap hit. His cap hit is bigger than the quarterbacks. That's hard. That's, that's a hard pill to swallow. And they need to free up money for the linebacker and safety position. Yeah. yeah All right, that's finally a, here. Yes. That was, that, that was a fun conversation. Dude, I have no interest in this Eddie Johnson, dude. Neither do I. You heard me earlier, right? No, I, I didn't hear. I no, I didn't hear you. I listen, have no interest in another old fogey. I have no interest in him. None, none whatsoever. You see, automatically people see a tie-in with some shit, and I go like this: He's thirty, so he's going to be thirty-one in December. You're going to pay a guy who's an old dude, and he's had also had multiple. He's also had multiple foot injuries in the same foot. He in the past two seasons, he's only been only been healthy enough to play twelve games. I have no interest in. I'm have no interest in that. None. No I have none of this, man. I'm. T- I want to get younger and better. Over the past okay? two seasons, he's missed ten games. I have no interest. in I'm this. cool off that. I don't want it. You hear people going like this. Hey, this, you know, and they're nope. going like this. I nope, go, nope, one, nope. when was he all pro? That's six Kev- years ago. I'm like, I have no interest in that that's, with an that's old a, guy. That's a Kevin Byard situation all over again. That's exactly what that is. Hey, all I can tell you is, them Georgia dudes better step up, big time. Big time, Big Sills. If those Georgia guys don't step up, I'm redefining Howie Roseman's roles. <laughs> he's going back to the broom closet. Hey, you bet, man. And get this. This time, he's going to be getting Krellers, and he's going to be getting hot cocoa. He's going to be getting lattes. He, this guy ain't going to be working around the personnel side of this thing. You, you know, he's going to be working with the index card. You know, when you go to the library – and you're like this, yeah, uh, CPA books over on aisle three, <laughs> okay, next to the maps. That's the only place I got his ass because he's brilliant at that. Brilliant. And it, and look, here's the thing, right? In the NFL, in this salary cap league, his skill set is tremendously valuable, tremendously. When you look at teams that are $80 million, $60 million, $40 million in a hole, like the Saints and like the Bills and teams like that, when you see that, it makes you appreciate Harry Roseman's skill set, but you have he has his limitations, and he that does. is on and that is on draft night. I don't want you anywhere near my defensive draft picks. I, I don't, I, want, you, I, I don't I, want you anywhere near my draft picks. Hey, me, let me, me do personally. this here. That Caitlin Clark, the chick getting the all-time oh, scoring. She's cold-blooded, man. Am I am I right when I which she had forty-one, like forty-five last night, forty-five or something? Hey. Am I right when I say this? Women's college hoops is more popular than WNBA. Yes, yes. I've actually seen more more women's hoop. I watched the um, LSU. They get primetime games now. Okay, I watched that one of the most televised games. I actually watched that, and enjoyed myself. And I've I watched. I think Ohio State upset Iowa this year. Mm. And I watched that thing was in Columbus. You know, I don't believe I've ever watched a WNBA game in my life. Listen, um, listen to this, Rob was, you know, um, Rob his uh his daughter goes to South Carolina, right? 
you know, you great know, program. Dawn, right. Dawn Staley, the one of the best programs in yeah, the NBA. Absolutely. Listen to this. He said the tickets are unattainable. You can't get in. He said he said his daughter's only been to one game since since because she's going there. Wow. She, they can't you can't get in. And students get in for free. They said students can't even get in. They big time down there, man. College, college women's college hoops. I'm telling you that that playoffs, um, that March Madness last year with the woman last year, changed she completely changed the game. It I changed love the that game. Girl from LSU, Angel Reese. I cold. love her, man. Cold what a man. Great shit talker, man. Uh huh. I love it. Hey, I, I love just it. she's got everything I like in an athlete. Listen, those those girls, those girls play with a swagger, so yeah. like when I'm in the gym sometimes, the yeah. game's beyond, so I watch them. Yeah. These girls play with an edge. An you know edge. what I would do if I'm this girl, Caitlin Clark? I stay in college and get a nil deal like Shakur Sanders because I might be making more money than what I'd be making in the WNBA. Listen, Angel Reese and uh uh is it Flo J? Um Angel Reese and Flo J, you know, they're they're two of their best players on the team, right? I lied to you not. They asked those girls, are you guys going to declare for the WNBA? And they looked at each other like, what? <laughs> I'm getting more money here. <laughs> That's what they said. How much do you think Shador Sanders makes right now? I don't. 18 million, 20 million in nil? I thought I heard $14 million. Let me do you know that. that's more money he'll make than a rookie makes? Um. Okay, so it says here. Oh wow, I'm way off. It says no, no, no. That hasn't been added. The new ones. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because what is it? Two five. Let's see here. Okay, here it is. Right here, I got it. So it says um, the top ten highest paid college athletes. This was written November November seventeenth in twenty twenty three. So I'm pretty sure that's going to go up. But listen to this. It says the top ten highest paid college athletes via rookie road. Bronny James at 6.1 million. Shador Sanders, 3.8 million. Livy Dunn out of LSU, 3.2 million. Arch Manning, 2.9 million. He hasn't even started a game yet. Hey, um, oh, wait a minute. Shador just signed a contract with Rolex. For real? And he signed a contract with um, Rolls Royce. He drives a Rolls Royce. Watch this. Google this. Uh, Shador Sanders Rolls Royce SUV. And you tell me if you think a guy driving around a Rolls Royce SUV is making $2 million. Damn. He's driving that around campus. Right, it's a Rolls, it right? Yeah, it's a Rolls Royce. Yep. It's a Rolls Royce. He, he's got a car Brady drives. That is insane, man. And he's got a $25,000 watch on his hand. It says here, according to uh let me see here. Okay, so it's when so his nil value went up. It says according to and this is on December 20th. According to on 3, Shador Sanders' nil deals are currently valued at an impressive 4.8 million, making him one of the top earners in college football. And he's driving around a Rolls-Royce on a college campus. Rolex. That's you- worth 200 grand. Man, must be nice. So you want to go? Wait, why in the world would I go to the Arizona Cardinals? Why would you rush? Look why? at Arch Manning. Like he's he started. Hasn't he's started a game yet. Three million dollars sitting on his ass, and he's the third QB in Austin. 
Right. The tech. Who's who's the Texas head coach? Um, uh, Sarkeesian. He said, "Yeah, we're not we're, like he has to earn it. He's not he's not starting just to start. Like they, I think they asked him, was he starting this year? And they said no or something like that, right? What was it? Uh, was he, it? He's got one more year in Austin. If he don't, he's he's in the portal. He's in the portal. And get this, then his number will go up more because then you know what'll happen? He'll go play ball at Ole Miss with Lane Lane well, Kiffin. Oh, where Eli went. Yeah, that, 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 he'll, that, he'll go crazy. down there." And you know all them good old boys will be down there going, hi, look at Arch Mining. And you know you can always tell we got ourselves an old Miss guy. Why is that, Big Sills? The mouth opens. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like rednecks, man. They all look like they're from London, England or something. There's something wrong with those people from England, man. They all look alike. I don't know. Crazy, man. <laughs> hey, Tone. Great stuff, my friend. Yes, sir. It's always fun, man. It. I appreciate you coming on with, you know, a uh, worthless piece of shit. I want you. I want to. <laughs> Thank you, Tone. I appreciate it. All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. 
go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Big Sills, appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you so much. Um, Boy, I'll tell you something here. Jordan Mulata doesn't seem very, very convinced that uh, Jason Kelsey's coming back. He does not. And he just doesn't. Now, I'm going to do something here. And you can tell me if you think I'm wrong and way off on this. But I have put together a way too early division and predicting playoff teams. I am going to put an asterisk on this that after the draft and free agency, I'm going to put a mulligan in there that if I want to change this, okay? So... I want to, is that fair? I'm going to put a mulligan after free agency and the draft. These are the big sills, way too early playoff predictions of teams in the NFL. You guys grant me this? Because I, I, I know guys like LJ and Yale and all you guys are going to go, you said it, sells. So this is kind of like in. Not so settled cement. Is that fair? Okay. AFC. I got the Bills winning the East for the fifth straight year in a row. I got the Bengals winning their division. This is going to be crazy. I think Anthony Richardson. I think the Colts win. The South. And the West. I got the Chiefs. Here are the wild card teams. Ravens. Jags, Chargers, no Jets, Mm-mm. no, no Texans, you know, kill me on this one later, I want to see him do it again, I, I, I want to see him do it again. Okay. You know, Chris says Sills getting hate on his own network. No, I'm not. Nobody's doing that. No, no, no. Yeah, it's all good. Dumbo Witch can make his own predictions. He could make a comment on me. He, he, he hey, Yale, 
he doesn't bug me that much to make call me a worthless piece of shit. It doesn't bug me. I don't look at him like that. I don't. I don't. I don't know him that well. He seemingly thinks he knows me. Okay. I don't make com. I don't call people like that a piece of shit if I don't know him. You've never heard me say that. I don't do that. I don't. I don't know you. I'm not. I, I'm not that personal. So. Content winning, Twiz. Now you're learning. Now you're learning. Yeah, no, the problem was that um, I said that Trent Cole had a right to support Trump. And he's called, then he called me a worthless piece of shit for defending that. And I was like, I wasn't defending the take on Trump. I was defending Trent Cole's right to think whatever he feels like. And Paul is a Hall of Fame voter. So if he has that notion, there's no doubt he was one of the people that didn't put T.O. on the first ballot. I would almost predict that to a T, that he didn't put T.O. on the first ballot because he's a moralist. That's not what you're doing when you're a voter. You're supposed to take your emotion out of the vote. And because he has emotion like that, this is what Terrell Owens is talking about. Okay? That stuff right there. You may not like T.O. That's not the point. Terrell Owens is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's arguably the second best wide receiver statistically in pro football history. He's not arguably. He is. You can make the comment that maybe Moss and Megatron are up there with Rice. But um, Owens is right there. But if you have an opinion like that on just people who defend other people, I'm really not sure you deserve a Hall of Fame vote. That's not somebody that I think does a good job in the Hall of Fame process anyway. Um, and from what I hear, he lets Eric Allen down every year. He presents them with shitty presentations. I mean, Eric Allen doesn't get in, but Leroy Butler does. How do you sway that? How does Leroy Butler get in? How does that defensive back get in? And Eric Allen doesn't. Oh, he's got a title. Okay. Well, a title's a team thing. It's not a player thing. Okay. Character doesn't matter. No. You're not a moralist, Yale. You don't know. No. Yell, if you put that into bylaws, that character matters, Lawrence Taylor doesn't belong in. Um, Ty Cobb doesn't belong in. Baseball's Hall of Fame. Tris Speaker, a Klansman. You know Tris Speaker's a Klansman? Hey, Klansman ties? He was in the first Hall of Fame class, I think. Character mattered. Yeah, if character mattered, why don't some of the guys pull OJ out of the Hall of Fame? You know? I told, you know what I say? 
God bless Paul. I hope God shines down on him and everything. Honestly. NFC. This is where I think you guys are going to kick my ass here. On this one here. NFC East. Who wins it? Who's the favorite? Boy, Hollywood. Who's the favorite to win the East? NFC East. I got the Cowboys. The NFC Central. We don't have it anymore. North. I got the Lions again. The South. Tone, am I wrong when I say this? I'm giving you my early pick of the NFC South. Why am I saying Falcons? Why am I saying Falcons are my favorites to win the NFC South? I got the Falcons instead of the Bucks because I think the Bucks are going to lose Mike Evans. They're going to have to probably go into the draft to get a wideout. What are they going to do with Godwin? Uh, the Toronto Argonauts win the NFC East. I actually got a. I like the Argonauts. Hey, Tone, I got a contract offer from the Argonauts. Isn't that crazy? Oh, I got it. This is crazy. Tone brings up the Argonauts. Is it? Yeah. So check it out. I was offered... Tony, you're gonna you guys are gonna love this. I was offered like how much money though. Now this was I don't know how long ago. What year? What year was this? Ninety two. Two-year contract to play. And they now he lived in Orlando. Look at the money. Hold on. Is the money there? I think it says 55 grand. By the way, it's Canadian dough. I was like, man, I didn't know about that one. And here's tone. Argonauts. Right there. Encloses a CFL player contract to play for the Argonauts. For the Great Cup. They offered me two years in a row, and I'm like, this is when I was sick. 
and I hadn't gotten back to health yet. And what I ended up doing was because I promised Ron Myers. You guys remember Ron Myers? Used to be the coach of the Patriots, and he coached the uh, um, SMU. Hey, yeah, do you remember that? He coached SMU. Well, he took over the Las Vegas posse. And as you guys can see, I was the very first player signed to play in Canada for the posse. As one of the very, I was the first. And I wanted to play for Ron Meyer because I backed out of the SMU scholarship because they were going on um, the death penalty. And they let me out of my, my scholarship. So I went and played and I, I played in Canada. I, I, I was offered like four different and I, I was still sick. I couldn't play yet. I, but I just started walking again. And um, my aunt knows the story. I started walking again in about 90 ish one. I started getting back into the gym and by 92. I was walking 93. I signed, I signed to play. Did I sign to 93? 94 is when I got back into football. It is, man. You saying Cowboys because of Sirianni? No, I'm saying Cowboys because... Um, be, because of the coaching? Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, I got the Lions, I got the Falcons in the West, I got the Niners, my wild card teams. I've got Washington, the Packers, and the Rams. You got like 80 some odd million dollars in money. You got a really great coordinator in Kingsbury. You got Dan Quinn on the other side. I don't know, man. I feel pretty good about Washington right now. I think Washington's going to do some good things. Oh yeah, Chris. NFL's the best of the best. Chris, I signed my Scott, I signed my contract with the uh, I signed a 3-year 200 I signed a 3-year 2.5 million dollar deal. It was the same number that Jerome signed with and I came out in a supplemental draft like Reggie White, he was in a supplemental draft. And they gave me like basically the same number that Jerome got. Jerome got I think maybe more two, seven for three. I got two, five for three. And yeah, it was somewhere around there. I got about a $300,000 signing bonus. That was back in like 87 now. So that thing's like a million bucks today. Washington and Dallas winning division. You saying the Eagles don't make the playoffs. I am saying that as of right now, that's why I said, let me see what they do. Okay. Let me see what they do after free agency and after the draft. Now, again, Chris, here's why I'm saying this. I'm saying this because your defense, not because of your offense. What are you doing with Reddick? Are you restructuring the corner deals? Who are you signing in free agency? Who are you drafting? Slice of pizza on me, brother.
not sure if Danny De- DeVito from the New York Giants is doing deliveries today, which Miami Vice episode were you in, by the way. I was in the one with the band. Who is the guy? Um, Phil Collins. It was Phil Collins. It was like a two-parter. And I think we all got like 600 bucks for being stand-in bodyguards or people who worked at a bar. Something like, I I, I forget. We did, it was in the off-season. And we did a bunch of these. Um, we went down there early in the morning. It was like 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. Jerome was part of it. And we went down there for that episode, and we we were like stand-ins. And, yeah, we were guys in the stands and sitting in the clubs. Okay, Miami Vice. Tony, does anybody even know what Miami Vice is? Yeah, it was back in the day, man. We made some good money. I made some decent money, man. Yeah. I did it for I, – I think I got 650 bucks for um, two days work i think i got 650 650 and then we would go up to sebring and you guys will dig this so nwa comes down and nwa is opening for luther campbell and i think if i'm not mistaken the sugar hill gang and i think the sugar hill gang nwa and luther (laughs) i'm working security there at Sebring, it's 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 like a racetrack, and those guys were doing a concert. I think everybody got arrested that was on stage, if I'm not mistaken. I think I think everybody got arrested. That's how I met. That's how I met Ice Cube. I met Ice Cube through um, through Luther Campbell. I'm, I was doing I was doing uh, security work, and get this. So I'm sitting down and I'm drinking beers. I'm drinking beers with those dudes. Easy E. <laughs> I'm having beers with Easy E. Great dude. Great, great dude. Great dude. Hey man. Now you know, you know what, Hollywood? Lucky life. Quinn's a solid D coordinator. Scott, I say this to you. Here's my problem. Here's my problem with hiring of Quinn. So Steve Spagnola wins his fourth Super Bowl as a coordinator. And you hired Dan Quinn, who got blown out by the Packers. I don't know. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that now? Dan Quinn. You hired Dan Quinn and the best D coordinators in Kansas City. I wonder how much it would take to get him out of there. Man, you, you know what? You know that coordinator that's up in Detroit who wanted $15 million? You might have to pay Mike Steve Spagnola $15 million to get out of Kansas City. Why would he leave? He's in the middle of an epic run right now. Why would he leave? How about this? If they win their third Super Bowl, you know Pat Riley owns three, Pete? He put a um, trademark on it. So every time the NFL prints a shirt that says three, Pete, Pat Riley gets paid. He trademarked it when they won back in the day with with the Lakers. (laughs) Pat Riley will get a nickel. Or whatever, I'm just saying a nickel. But he, he gets paid on three. That's his trademark. Okay? If he wins three in a row, how much money would it cost you to pay Dan Quinn to try, or um, Steve Spagnola to be the head coach of your team? You might have to pay him 15 to $20 million. 
Why would he leave? I'll stay where I'm at, making five million. I win another two Super Bowls. I'm the greatest coordinator and defensive coordinator of history. Why would I leave? I wouldn't. All right. Power hour coming up. We're going to reset. The legendary Philly Godfather is going to join us. We'll get him on for the final time. We'll close up the 2023-24 season. We'll get his take on that. We'll see how well he did in the prop bets. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Rick Sills, National Football Show, appreciate it. Philly Godfather will join us. That will be in a few minutes here down at the bottom of the hour, 5.30 Eastern time. You want to hear this number here? CBS made an additional $60 million in ad sales just because of the overtime. 
60 million bucks. Can you imagine what the Eagles cost themselves when they didn't secure the NFC East and get a home game for the owner? Big money, the league. Just that thing going into overtime, the NFL brought in 60 additional million dollars. I mean, it is absolutely a, a, an incredible juggernaut in how that how that lead just it just prints money after money. 60 million dollars just for a couple extra minutes. Okay, that's right. That's only an ad money. Okay, on TV. That's not counting digital. That's not counting anything. And that just it's just on CBS dropping the commercial ads. That just tell, tells you how and how much money they make. Mm. Insane. Absolutely insane. So I was just on my Twitter page. And people are going crazy on it at Dan Silio Show. Because I brought up the fact that I believe that you need a new general manager. We opened the show with this. This is nothing personal. Now, some would say, well, Sills, he's a gator. Eh, maybe a little. All right? Hey, Tone, maybe a little. Maybe a little. Okay? Because he's a gator. When that game went into overtime, CBS marketing hotline was ringing off the hook. Dude, National Football League. Advertising with them. There's a reason why they charge hometown warriors and send a bill to the Pentagon. You you what you think they're running free ads for fallen heroes? You you don't understand who you're working with. The Pentagon gets a bill for that. You understand that, right? You know those pink ribbons? Cancer awareness? They pay for that. You think the NFL's doing that for free? NFL does nothing for free. This is what they do. They sell everything, and they get 97% of it. You get 3% of it. Everything you sell, they get 97%. You get 3%. Shit, there was a time back in the day. I may have changed now. But they used to send bills for, like, if you did hometown heroes, like in New York or in Los Angeles or in Chicago, they would send a bill. And each, every uh, uh, football team would send a bill to the Pentagon. And the, the Pentagon would then have to send it to the National Football League, and they would make hundreds of millions of dollars off the hometown hero program. <laughs> the NFL doesn't do anything for free. It was it was, yeah. They they've they've trimmed that. They've trimmed that. They they have. They have. They've trimmed it. They've it's not quite as bad. Okay? It's not quite as bad as, as it once was. Okay. So so people are getting a little upset because they think. Um, some like Howie, 
That's a good one. I haven't asked you this. What's the relationship? And I'm not talking about the idiotic media people. Okay. I don't really care. You know, you know, funny, John McMullen calling me a, um, a shock jock. I'm not sure what that means. I'm not sure if I've ever shocked anybody with what I've said. I can't remember anything I said outside of the stupid thing years and years ago that I tried to, that, that I shocked anybody with. Maybe it's some of the takes. I don't, I don't really, it's okay. Cause I'm not saying that other people haven't called me that before, but they have, and I'm, I'm never really understood that what that meant. Cause I never really tried to shock people. I tried to entertain people. See, like I've told you before, I'm not a journalist. Some of these people who parade. Hey, do you think Paul Domowicz is a journalist when he goes on a show and calls me a worthless piece of shit? Is that a journalist? He tells everyone he is. That's a journalist? I went to journalism school. I don't remember that class. I, 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 I don't remember that class. I was always taught not to make myself, if I am a journalist, not part of a story. But since I constantly tell you I'm not, I, I tried to tell you... I'm an opinionist. Okay, I give you my opinion. And by the way, I think that's one of the beautiful things about what we do here. Look at LJ and all you guys, Senior, Twiz, Chris, Anthony, Dirty D, Tone, all of you guys. Your opinion matters to me, and I'll tell you why. Because you're here every day. You make a commitment every day. You guys come here. And I owe you my best performance I can put on daily. Whether I'm making $1 or a million dollars, I never deviate from that. I will never value my value over a dollar sign. Okay? MSNBC, Journalism 101, Sills. That's quite a group to have over there. Okay? That's quite a group. Senor, see this guy here? I'm not going to, I can't, because I, I, I've learned a lesson from Xander and from Tone and everyone who are these hardcore Philly guys. You can only do something like this with Senor. Senor, thanks, man. Appreciate that. But deep down, I'm like, that's awesome because he gives me as much shit as my wife does. And that's a ton. <laughs> and my aunt, okay? And my aunt. Man, the NFL does have it down to a science. Keep doing you, Seals. Not agree with you all the time, but respect you. Keep it up. Thank Twiz. Dude, you, 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 you kicked the rock too at me. It's good. Dude, I love people like this. You think I want to say, hey, you know one thing we used to do, Tone? 
Senor, you'll love this. You know what we used to do? Anybody like Senor or LJ or Dirty D or all these guys, you know what I used to do? Those guys could call twice a week. My my show. Okay. If you agreed with me, you can only call once a week because I don't want to talk to the same guys every day. We're not married, you know, but here it's cool and I get it. So this is like the first time I, I see people every day and I look forward to it. Dad, you got a great, you got a great fan base. It's the best fan base I've ever spoken to. You should have grappling match with um, a Dumbo witch. I'll teach you the the the, the, the smothered choke. I'm not, hey dude, I'm not looking to hurt anybody. Format kicks ass because you interact better. I, you know what? I just wish Slagger. I wish that we could have you guys talk. One day, when we get the technology that you guys can talk, I, the thing will be even 10 times bigger. Okay? All the reason why reporters shouldn't be ones voting on players. Hey, Mob Deep, one of my all-time favorite bands. Okay? Um, that's my problem. Dumbo, which is probably one of the people that didn't put Owens in the Hall of Fame on a first ballot because of his moralistic views. Since he put a moralistic view on me with no context, except that I defended Trent Cole against his idiotic tweet. Cause he likes Trump. I'm a worthless piece of shit because he likes Trump. What are you five years old? I mean, uh, it's like this guy's five years old. <laughs> I actually think it's funny. So let me show you how to get rid of a player. I saw, I heard Tone say this earlier. Okay. I heard Tone say this earlier. Sills, do you think in the mess hall, you think the new coach, Antonio Pierce, you know, kind of went over to like the juice bar, dropped a little, um, you know, some, some, and one of the drinks there in Garoppolo, test positive. All of a sudden, they get the nullest contract and void his contract. You get him out of the building and save 11.2 million bucks. Tone, why are you being so cynical on the NFL all of a sudden? Where in the world did that come from? You're now a cynic. Whoa, the NFL doing something to a player to get out of a deal. Not them. They're here with integrity. What the hell's wrong with you? How dare you? How dare you, Tone, question the integrity of the league by saying anything like that? It's all about the money, baby. Now he sounds like Al Davis. <laughs> Just win, baby. That's how he used to say that shit. Quarterback is going down, and he's going down hard. That used to be a big one there. Absolutely. Now, guess what happens now? 
because there's a clause in the new contracts for performance enhancing drugs. Here's how this thing works. I heard Rob and Tone talking about how it works. Now, it's true. There's a list of, like, you can't walk into a GNC and buy um, a supplement. Why is that? You want to hear something, guys? Tone will love this one because now he'll be even more of a cynic. Why do you think the NFL doesn't want you walking into a GNC and buying supplements? Why? <laughs> this will just this this one here blows your mind. Why don't you think they want you buying supplements at a GNC? NFL doesn't want endorsement, not approved. Look at Hollywood, thinking like a cynic. NFL was running Pfizer commercials during the Super Bowl. They have contracts with big pharma companies to stock their medicine cabinets. Yeah, hey, if you want to be a Scientologist, you join the NFL. Endorsing Scientology? Wow. Okay. Funny. Scientologist? Are you running commercials for Jewish Americans? Baptist Americans? Or who pays the most? Wow. Scientology? Not saying there's anything wrong with it. I didn't know the NFL was into political endorsements. So it's okay to run a Scientology, but it's not okay to celebrate veterans who were fallen in wars. They had a commercial, they, they voided it. And when the national anthem was to be played, they were asking Americans to stand for the fallen soldiers in wars, and the NFL said no. But it's okay for Scientology. And the Pfizer shot. Okay. Hey. Now, here's why they don't want you doing it. Because to what Tone just said, there's a list of about 300 to 500 supplements that the National Football League has contracts with. And so on that list, you can take and they give them to you for free. Like they'll give them, you can go into your, into your trainer and they'll have them there for you. And, you know, you, and if you're smart, what Garoppolo did, it makes, I'm going to tell you what he did. And I'm, uh, it's an opinion. Okay. It's an opinion. But if you're, you're taking supplements and you take some supplement from some sort of like company that the NFL doesn't have a deal with, you get suspended for that. It's not the fact that you you failed the PED test. You failed the test of going with the NFL's contracts. The NFLs think they're slick hiring independent contractors to handle the concussion protocols. Need I ask how independent those are? All you have to know is team doctors. Why in a million years would I take a team doctor's opinion on my knee or my concussion or my neck when he works for the owner? 
and I'll make it 200. Like if you're Deshaun Watson, you see what Deshaun Watson did? The NFL, the Cleveland Browns were telling him that he was okay. He gets an independent. This guy's got a vertebrae issue. Yeah, I'm paying you $230 million. I don't want you sitting out either. Why would the world would I listen to that? Trump 2024, I support coal and you, Sills. Wokeism is falling apart. Keeps sports, sports. Steve-O, correct. However, I'm not telling people to vote for Trump or like Trump. I'm telling people you have a right. Um, you have a right to believe in anything you want to believe in. And nobody should influence that. You have no, no right telling somebody what to believe in. You have n- what I mean... That's the problem we have in our country. You can't tell me what religion to believe in, what uh, political candidate to vote for. You can't tell me that I'm a scumbag or a worthless piece of shit because I I supported Trent Cole. I'm a worthless piece of shit to that guy because I supported Trent Cole. (laughs) I take it as a merit badge. Okay. Again, I would never tell you what to take or who it. Now, again, let me get back to it. So here's what Garoppolo, I think, did. You guys remember what happened to um, Roger Clemens? I think he was with the Texans. Do you remember when he got popped? He didn't get popped for PEDs. You remember what he got popped for? He got a pop for taking heart medicine. And what's heart medicine? If you don't have a heart condition. And if I'm not mistaken, the medicine that, um, or the supplement that Garoppolo took had no medical meaning at all. And he, he took this and it really, under no like prescription or something, I think that's, if I'm right, is that right, Tone, everybody? It was something that it had no, like, medical benefits, and he just took this. Why would you do that? When you take a heart medicine and you're taking growth hormone or you're taking any of that, it's called a masker. It messes up what would be the human growth hormone test. See, what people don't understand is human growth is not a... Um, uh, it's not a steroid. It's an amino acid. It's 287 linked chain linked amino acids that are put together. So it's not an anabolic test. So when they say performance enhancing, those tests are harder because it raises your testosterone level, but it does it without anabolics. It's a harder test. Back in the day when we played only places like UCLA and some of the other places could give it. So what Garoppolo did, in my opinion, he took something that he's trying to manipulate a test with. Because if it doesn't have any medical benefits whatsoever, um, the only reason that you would take something like that is to hide something that you've been taking. So I don't know. I mean, it's an opinion. It's just an opinion. All right. Man, I love this dude. And I'm going to give him my way early predictions here 
And the only person that has condominiums in Dubai, New York City, Egypt, Vegas. By the way, I heard he's now the new. Hey, Carolyn Goodman, who comes on the program all the time, was our dear friend. She told me, man, I got a guy running against me out here for Vegas mayor. His name is the Philly Godfather. Let's bring him in here. And Carolyn Goodman's like, who is this guy, man? He's he's up here running a place. He's at Spago. He's got his own table, his own chair. Oh, man. Godfather, how you doing, brother? Doing great. You forgot that I own one of those pyramids in Egypt as well. Yeah, that's right. He owns the Sphinx. <laughs> how was Vegas, man? It was a blast, man. People were nice. I went out there with the wife and kids. We had a great time. You know, they got the best restaurants in the world. Uh, the, some of the parties were off the hook. We were out till 5 in the morning, and then we would get up and go to Radio Media Row, whatever you guys want to call it these days, and uh, and work our butts off. But it was really nice. It was a priceless uh, week with the family. They put a good show on, didn't they, Vegas? Were you shocked? Yeah, I mean, it's Las Vegas. I yeah. mean, who, who, who puts on a better show than Las Vegas? Uh and, you know, Media Row was a little bit weird because you had to walk like a mile, then you had to come back and go through security and walk a mile again. But other than that, they did it right. What'd you make of the Super Bowl? It was a great Super Bowl. It was. It went the way I thought it would go. Uh, you know, I gave you guys San Fran in the first half, Kansas City full game. I think the biggest uh, determining factor of why the Chiefs won the Super Bowl was Greenlaw got hurt, and then Kelsey exploded in the second half. And it kind of hurt me because I had McCaffrey. I had McCaffrey having the most receptions of any player at 7-1. And he ended up with one less reception than Kelsey. And Kelsey got most of them in the second half when Greenlaw went out. So uh, that was huge for uh, for the Chiefs. Even Mahomes, you saw him on the sidelines. There was a video of him saying 57's out. 57 just got hurt. So it became a priority for them in the second half to target Travis Kelsey, and you're right. I hadn't thought about the fact that he was uh, lined up on him in the first half, and he did a hell of a job. I thought San Francisco did a great job defensively in the first half. Yeah, they shut Kelsey down. I mean, Mahomes was having problems passing the ball to anyone else. Uh, the run game really didn't get, you know, didn't get popping like the Chiefs uh, were hoping they would. And San Francisco was moving the ball. I mean, early on they made some mistakes, or else that lead would have been bigger going into halftime than it was. So uh, it was it was a great game, and like I told everyone, you can't quantify greatness, no matter what the numbers are, what the stats are. No wonder, no matter what anyone tells you, betting against Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, you, know, you usually end up with a losing ticket. Are you a fan of Andy Reid? I mean, he's, you know, when he was in Philly, a lot of detractors, clock management, some blunders, but he always built great teams. He was always competing. And then when he got the quarterback, the NFL is all about the quarterback, right? You need that quarterback. When he got Mahomes, it took his status to a whole other level. And now he's going to go down as one of the greatest coaches of all time because of Patrick Mahomes. All right, I'm going to take you into – I got a way too early, and I've given myself a mulligan after the draft and free agency. And by the way, I've got some, I've got some prop bet ideas for you. And so I'm going to throw these at you for the upcoming season. And I'm going to put those out there. But so I threw this out here and I said this. Let me do these first. 
Who wins the AFC East? Miami? Buffalo? The Jets? It's, Patriots. It's a war of attrition. You saw Miami got banged up. Buffalo got banged up. Buffalo was so hurt on that defensive side of the ball, and they still gave the Chiefs some problems. If it wasn't for that wide right, they might be in the Super Bowl. With uh, Josh Allen, you know, they're, they're, there's really three quarterbacks in the AFC. You got Mahomes, you got Josh Allen, and you got Joe Burrow of the Bengals. And I tell people all the time, if you put if you put Josh Allen on those on this on these Chiefs teams, he probably wins a couple of Super Bowls. If you put Burrow on these Chiefs teams, probably wins three Super Bowls like Mahomes did. So uh, it, it's tough beating guys like that in the playoffs. And in the playoffs, you see what Josh Allen brings. He can run the ball down your throat. He can run people over. He can throw the ball. Um, but to win the regular season, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy with that defense, Jets got a shot. Um, and by the way, if the Bills win, it'll be their fifth straight. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm leaning towards the Bills a little bit if I had to pick one right now. But so much can happen from you know, yeah, yep. now until then. So, yeah. AFC North. Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals. I'm so I'm so disappointed in Lamar Jackson. Man. So disappointed. So disappointed. I mean, they had such a great team offense, defense. They had the wrong game plan against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. But Browns are going to be tough. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be tough to beat. Uh, I'm not big on the Steelers. The Ravens, obviously, are going to be back again next year. Uh, probably one of those two teams. AFC West, Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos, and the Jim Harbaugh Chargers. I'm hoping it's the Chargers. <laughs> I'm hoping Justin Herbert. He's another guy. And, and, you know, I didn't talk about Joe Burrow with the AFC North. Bengals are definitely – I mean, they're at 13-1 to to win the Super Bowl, so they can definitely wow. win the division as well. Uh, if he stays healthy, I mean, he's taking his team to the Super Bowl in the championship games, I mean, with some of the worst offensive lines in football. So let me bring up his name when, when it comes to the AFC North and the Steelers and the Ravens and the Browns because, you know, if he's healthy and that team's healthy, the Bengals can beat anybody. That's how good Joe Burrow is. But when it comes to the West, uh, yeah, the Chargers are going to compete. I mean, the Broncos are going to be there. they got a great coach. you got some great coaches in that division. <laughs> All of a sudden, that they're stacked. Um, I'm hoping it's the Chargers, but, you know, come playoff time, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. But you know what? I heard if Andy Reid retires – Travis Kelsey's going to retire with him. I just read an article today. Like he says, if Andy Reid don't come back, I'm not coming back. So, you know, if Andy Reid's there, they're you know they're the team to beat. I'm going to take. I'm going to do the cardinal mistake here. I'm going Chargers and Harbaugh. I think they win the West. I think Kansas City makes it to the playoffs. But I I I I just I don't know, man. I mean, I think this is a big move for them. I mean, look, you don't, you don't, you don't hire Jim Harbaugh and get him away from Michigan to be a wild card team, do you? Nah, I mean they would go from worst to first. Where'd they go? Five and twelve last year. Now, obviously, they were banged up, but like he's like the team's loaded, and Justin Herbert's finally got a head coach that knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah, I could see that happen. I mean, I liked them this year. Uh, you know, they got banged. I did up too. Yeah, they got so much talent on that team, and they always seem to let you down. But this year, they got. They got the man. They got Harbaugh there, so he can he can definitely make them go from uh, worst to first in that division. Let's go to the NFC here. East, I think you're going to be shocked where I'm going here. Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Commanders. 
You like the commanders? Is that what you're I do. <laughs> 87 million reasons why. And I think the second best hire is Kingsbury as the coordinator of that team. Yeah. Yeah, they got a shot. Uh, Cowboys are still stacked. You know, regular season Cowboys, they're still a good team. The Eagles, I think they're more of that one and six team we saw down the stretch than the 10 and one team. Uh, they can't afford to lose, you know, right? They can't. Kelsey's going to retire. He's done. AJ Brown, I mean, if he, if he, if they trade him, their offensive production numbers drop off dramatically. Uh, yeah, the Eagles are in trouble moving forward. It's probably the Cowboys or the Commanders. You might be right. What's the what's the over under number on wins for the Eagles? Kind of way early. Wait and see what they do at free agency. What they do with Reddick's deal, the corners and all that in the draft. Obviously, we'll address this later on. But right now, if you had to put a number on wins, what would you put the Eagles' numbers on right now? My true numbers. Uh, Vegas is probably going to come out with like a 10 and a half on their win total. 10 and a half. Wow. Yeah. But my true numbers are closer to nine and a half on this team. So, uh, you know, you look at their point differential from last season it was at a plus five to me, that's like a nine and eight team. So I would set their numbers right around nine and a half, but they are a public team. You know, you're going to be betting into an inflated price. If you're looking to bet the Eagles season win total next season because of the success they've had over the last couple of years. So I can see a 10 and a half Vegas popping out a 10 and a half. On that team. NFC North. Lions, the much improved Packers. Who's going to quarterback in Minnesota? And Chicago. I mean, the Packers look like they're headed in the right direction. Uh, when they got healthy, they were hard to beat. They and even so, beat the Lions on Turkey Day. Yeah, and, and they beat the Chiefs. They beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. Jordan Love looks like he's putting it all together. But watch out for the Bears, too. They got the last place schedule. Uh, they're, they're securing their offensive line. I talked to my buddy David Kaplan out in Chicago, and he really likes what he sees with this team in, in the direction that they're headed. So uh, I would say Packers. Lions are still going to be strong. Probably the Packers, though. They're probably the best team in that division. I'm with you, man. I think the Packers have a great shot at winning that division. Um, I wonder if the Lions will continue to – to land on some of these draft choices. Now, Brad Holmes, the general manager, has just been sensational up there. And what are you going to do with Jared Goff? Now, if you're – his deal's up. They've got to determine. So let me ask you this. Do you think there'll be a three, a four, or a five at the beginning of that number that they'll offer Jared Goff? I think they got to give him what he wants. Who, who else is out there? I mean, he played – he was the second best quarterback in the league this year. Would you, you pay him forty-five million? It's a big number <laughs> for how long? <laughs> you know, what I mean, I mean, it's a big number. But I mean, if, if they decide to kick some field goals, they might have been in the Super Bowl. I, you know, that's how good that kid played. Their offense is what top three, top four last year. If they make the right moves this season, they could, you know, be top five again. You got to give that kid the money. Who else is out there? Who else would you, you know, could quarterback that team? It, only Cousins – you know, Kirk Cousins is the number one free agent that's out there now, according to CBS. They, he's the number one free agent. It shows you the premium on the quarterback position. Yeah, it's the most important position on the field, and it's worth close to six to seven points to the point spread if you're a starting quarterback in this league. So uh, just look at the market. If you see a line move seven points because the starting quarterback's out, well, then, you know, it's obvious that guy's the most important 
important person on the field. It's, it's huge. NFC South. Buccaneers most likely are going to lose um, Mike Evans. They're wide out. What they're going to do with Mayfield, probably bring him back. Um, there's some decisions on their defense. But then there's the Falcons, the Saints, and the Panthers. Boy, I like that Falcons team. I don't know why. I, I don't like the quarterback. You know, I could see either Justin Fields, as Tone and I were talking, either Justin Fields there or maybe even that's a spot where Cousins lands. Well, if Kirk Cousins, brand new coach, how do you see that division? Yeah, if Cousins goes there, definitely major upgrade. They won seven games last season, but they did have a negative 50-point differential in the year. While the Saints, you know, they won nine games. They didn't win – Tampa Bay won the division, but they had the best point differential in that division at plus 75. So the Saints are going to be tough depending on which quarterback is playing for the Falcons. Uh, if they can get Cousins, like I said, it's a major upgrade. Tampa Bay is going to probably drop off. Uh, yeah, it's probably going to be between the Saints and the Falcons. So right now, rumor is the Buccaneers are going to offer Mayfield three years, $75 million. It's a lot of money. They better make sure that offensive line is secure and they, they can protect them. Damn. You see what happens though when they can't protect them. Yeah. I like Bake, but, you know, some quarterbacks need a really, really strong offensive line, and then they can perform out there. You know, kind of like Nicky Foles. When, when he had a great offensive line, his numbers were amazing. When he had a bad offensive line. Hey, I need I need to liven it up so you think Mayfield's better than Hurts? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he had a much better season last year than Hurts did. I'll tell you that. Dude, one. Gardner Minshew went to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Sorry, Tone. I had to do it to you. <laughs> All right. West. Niners, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals. I mean, it's a two-horse race, right? San Francisco yeah. and the Rams. You know, you got McVay, one of the best coaches in football. Uh, San Francisco. You know, that team is so stacked. They're actually the favorite to win the Super Bowl next year, plus 550. How come, how, come the, how does that work for me? Tell me, why wouldn't Kansas City, who's won – Three Super Bowls in four years, not be the preeminent team that would be favored. Is this money driven somehow? No, it's just San Fran, you know, top to bottom, they're a slightly better team than the Chiefs. And uh, so you go by the numbers. The, you know, the, the odds makers, the bookmakers, they always go by the numbers. They know how great Mahomes is. But as of right now, the season win totals on the Chiefs, I think last time I checked, is only at 10.5, which to me seemed kind of low. So, I don't know, maybe they're expecting a drop-off. Obviously, with Mahomes, he can make anything happen. But San Francisco, top to bottom, you saw the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're more stacked. So, what does the Philly godfather do once the football season? Do you now roll into College Hoop? Because College Hoop, it's a big, it's a big business. Obviously, the NC2A tournament. I don't know how much UFL you're doing. But I, I wonder, I mean, basketball, NBA basketball and college basketball right now, is that where you go? Yeah, my kids do all the uh, – I gave them all the algorithms, all the software. You know, they've been handicapping games with me for years. So they ha they handle all the NBA. I do a lot of college basketball. Uh, we're going to dig in, get ready for March Madness. Over the last 10 seasons, I've had like a 64% success rate against the spread during March Madness. So that's what I'm really keen into now. Uh, but the next, like, week or two – I'm diving into the book. Oh, I got it right. How's that yeah. thing coming? Yeah, it's good. I'm revising some chapters. We're, you know, 
the writer did a great job, but I got to go back and make sure all the nuances, uh, all the situations are right in the book. Uh, but yeah, that's almost done. It should be out soon. And then next year, hopefully we start filming the movie. But March Madness is up next on my plate. And then we start reading for baseball season. I mean, baseball is right around the corner. So uh, in the NBA, we got futures on the Clippers. We took them before the season started. I give them out on your show, 22 to 1. Now they're down to 5 to 1. So we got a great price on them. They're definitely going to be there. Uh, the Celtics, right now, they're right around plus 250. They're the favorite to win the championship. I mean, that team's stacked. What I about be... the Sixers? Uh, no, they dropped. They're down to 25. They got no shot. They're down to 25 to 1. Once Embiid went out, that was it? Yeah, they were done. The Bucks, you know, offensively, the Bucks, they're amazing, but they play no defense. So Even with Doc, right? Yeah, I'll forget it. I think they got worse with Doc. Uh, right now, they're at, like, what, what are they, 7 to 1? You got the Celtics. Plus 260, the Nuggets with uh, the Joker, plus 475. You got the Clippers at 5-1. to one. They're the team we're cheering in. So uh, that's basically I think the finals, here's my take with the finals. I think you're going to look at Boston and Denver again. I'm hoping it's the Clippers. I, I need the Clippers. we got a big price, a uh, big number on that 22-1. to one. So uh, we've done pretty good with our futures. I mean, we gave them out at the beginning of the year. So you, you know what we guys do. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to send you quiet. See – so, you know, this is how I know Kawhi Leonard. So, Steve Fisher, remember him? He used to be the head basketball coach of San Diego State. Yeah. But he was also the head basketball coach of the Fab Five. And Steve Fisher is a dear friend of mine. And Kawhi played for him. Kawhi's one of the quietest guys on the planet. And I got to, before I get you out of here, I got to tell you the story. So, so Greg Popovich comes to town when he was in San Antonio. This is right after he wins the finals MVP. Greg Popovich starts talking his bullshit. Ah, you know, you leave your name at the door with the eat it off. And, and, and Kawhi's like this. That, yeah, that may have worked with Duncan and Ginobili and Tony Parker, but I don't give a shit about that. And so the guy's like, he goes, we want you back. And Kawhi goes, nah. So he got so pissed off. He goes to he goes to Steve Fisher. Steve Fisher goes like this. Hey, I hear they're gonna send you out of the country. And, and Kawhi goes like this. What? Sends his ass up to Toronto, delivers an NBA championship, <laughs> finals MVP. Yeah. And Kawhi Leonard comes back and looks at Steve Fisher's like, that's my guy. I love Kawhi. He's awesome. He is such and you know what? He's a quiet dude, but he is a great dude. And a great basketball player. Too bad he gets injured a lot, but he is something else, man. I like that Clippers team too. I like the coach. Yeah, They're very, he's a very efficient basketball player. And you talk about Toronto. We had him that year at twelve to one to win the championship before the season started. So we made money on that wager as well. Uh, this year's Clippers team. You got a lot of egos on that team, but you know what? I think they really want to win a championship. You see how cohesively they're playing. They're playing like a team. So I think a lot of those egos got checked at the door. And I think they're good. I think they got a great shot of winning it all. So, uh, like you said, Kawhi Leonard, he, if, if anyone can put that team together uh, and be a silent, quiet leader, it's him. Do you think the Lakers are a playing team? They might be. I mean, it's LeBron. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, Davis, he's always banked up, depending on, you know, how healthy he stays. He's been really great lately. Yeah. He's, he's a great basketball player. I mean, Larry Brown loved him coming out of the draft. He, you know, high praises from Larry Brown on Davis. Uh, but yeah, with LeBron, I won't put anything past him. I mean, he's getting, you know, he's much older, but he can still, <laughs> he's still one of the greatest we've ever seen. LBJ or Jordan? 
That's not even close. Jordan, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Why yet. isn't it close? The whole game changed. I mean, the score, everyone can put up 70 points these days. I mean, every every, every night, this guy put up 70, this guy put up 60, Maxi puts up 50. You're not doing that back in the Jordan era. Like, you go down the middle of the lane, you're getting clothesline. Those Detroit Pistons teams, come on. Yeah, let me tell you team. why he's – let me tell you this. Pippen, Horace Grant, um, Rodman already had two titles in Detroit, but I think Kerr may be the only guy. Every one of those players that played in Chicago with Jordan never went on to win an NBA championship. No. Okay, that were the superstar centerpieces on those teams. You got to remember now, again, Pippen – or um. Rodden was in Detroit with with Daly and them dudes. So he already had two before he showed up. Right. Um, I think Jordan elevated everyone around him. You think you th- you think LeBron did? Do you think he elevated? Then again, that that Cleveland Cavalier team that he took to the NBA Finals against the Spurs was horrible. Yeah. Well, okay. I-, I mean, was horrible. And there's only one. Get this. He's the only guy that has been to ten finals. It's not a Celtic. Yeah. I just think – I mean, if Jordan don't retire, he might have eight straight. He's just – I've never seen no one like Jordan. We'll never probably see no one like him again. LeBron's a great basketball player. I, I put him maybe top ten, maybe top ten, but definitely. I mean, Jordan's the greatest of all time. You know who I think – you know, you know, to me, what people always miss on – so let me ask you this. A Jordan jump shot or the captain sky hook on the box? What's the most devastating shot in NBA history? Man. Like, if you had to have Jordan, get this, Tone, you too. Hey, if you had to have Jordan take the final shot or Jabbar with the skyhook to win an NBA basketball game with seconds left, who would you pick? I'll tell you what Pat Riley said. He said, if I needed a guy to take the last shot it would be to win a game, it would be Michael Jordan. But if I needed a guy to take the last shot, to save my life, it would be Larry Bird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I'm just let me let me I'll, I'll tell you let, let me let me let me give you and on the way out here with uh with Riley. I had a chance to work with Riley because I would we had the heat on our station when I was in Miami, and I asked him and I go, you know he 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 wrote this. It was game six. It was game seven in Boston. And he's got his clipboard there that he's sitting here. And it's game seven in Boston. Boston had never lost a game seven. I think this is the 87 finals. He had They had never lost. He turns the clipboard around and it says, what's the play we're running? He goes, this. And it said, Will. <laughs> he goes, you've got to will yourself to take this from these guys. Yeah. Pat Riley is my favorite coach. Of all time, because you talk about a guy who coached titles. He built three different. He built two different championship runs with Wade and with LeBron. I mean, and look what he's doing now with Spolstra. Who yeah. thought that that guy that was in the um, in the film room was going to turn out to be one of the greatest coaches in NBA history? Yeah, Eric Spolstra. You could argue is the best coach in the NBA. Yeah, I think he is. Look what he's doing with those teams. I mean, dude, he took he, right. He took a G League team to the finals last year. Amazing, a writing team. He took a writing team. I mean, it's you know, it's what he's done is amazing. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA. I think so. And, and they really, 
you know, some coaches coach, but this guy really coaches. So I, I, the heat, the heat's always dangerous as well. But yeah, like he said, uh, last shot, Michael Jordan to, to win a game, but to save his life, Larry Bird. And if you look at Bird's numbers before he hurt his back, he's up there with anyone else. Hey, um, I love Bird. One of the weirdest dudes of all time, but one of the great players of all time. Philip Godfather, I appreciate it, my brother. We will see you soon. Go Clippers. Good luck, guys. <laughs> that is our good friend, the Philly Godfather. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-X. Eagles. It's just completely blown up now where my take on getting rid of Howie. Now, redefining Howie. I don't want to get rid of him. I, I don't want to get rid of him. And, and, and like LJ brings up, 
you know, Seals, you wanted to give him an extension. And he's right. But again, as, as a draft, when, when you have such when you have such latitude in all areas and you're not proficient at all of them, in my opinion, I think you do yourself a disservice. Okay? Like, he's not good to college draft. He's not. Here. Is Jalen Hurts' greatest draft pick yet to be determined? Sills, do you think – how about this? Do you think Jalen Hurts is over or underachieved as a second rounder? He's overachieved. Sills, do you think Devontae Smith is over or underachieved? For me, he's overachieved. But for everyone who thought of him, about him, probably right down the line. That's what I thought he'd be. I didn't think he'd be that. Okay? I, I didn't think he'd be that. Um, Jordan Davis. Has he over or underachieved? He's underachieved. Jalen Carter. He's kind of what I thought. You, you, you got to remember something. I'm not gauging Jalen Carter in his last five games of the year. Okay? I'm not. Here, you want to make a comparison? How about Jalen Carter's year versus Mozzie Smith? Put that into context. Now, some would go, Sills, what about the kid Kobe? Kobe Turner in Los Angeles. Okay, well, that's a mess. He should have been a first-rounder. Not a third or fourth rounder, whatever he was. Was he a third rounder out of Wake? No, no, Flexen. Jordan Davis is not a bust. If you guys keep remembering what I said about him, Jordan Davis is picked right around, okay, he should have been around 23. I still think he's a first round pick. I don't think he's the 13th. I just don't. How he's pick a dean completely underachieved. Um, Sidney Brown, yet to be determined. Yet to be determined. Okay. Um the finding the finding of Jordan Mulata, way, way overachieved. Jordan Mulata is by far next to Hertz the best player the Eagles have drafted in the last 10 years because of what he did. He didn't even go to college. This guy didn't play college ball. He's the third best left tackle in the game. What? And he's underpaid. Here, if Jordan Mulata got out in the open market Hey, 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 Tone, I'd love to know what Malata's market value is. I guarantee you, Jordan Malata's market value has to be $25 million. He has to be a 20. I guarantee you, Jordan Malata 
probably has more market value than what Lane has. Because he plays left tackle. He has to be a $20 million value. They got a couple players on that team that have market value. Dude, Landon Dickerson's going to be up in that room, $20 million. Malata's going to be in that conversation, $20 million. Kelsey's not a $20 million guy. I think if he was younger, he would be. Jordan Malata has got to be a $25 million market value guy. I mean, he's got to be. His market value isn't out yet, but check this out. Okay, so this is where he's going to be and where you guys have to determine on A.J. Brown. Look at this. Jeremy Tunsil in Houston, 25. He left tackle. Left tackle, Trent Williams, 23. Bakhtiera, 23. Staley Ravens, 19. Matthews in Atlanta, 18. And look, we're getting out of the top three. Jordan Mulata's a $25 million guy. You're not going to – hey, who are you going to pay for? Look at the look at the price tags. And Mulata's right now 11th at 16, and his deal's coming up. Tony's got one more year on that deal. Is that it? Mulata's got one more year on that deal. Right there. 24, a potential opt-out. So that see that potential opt-out? That potential opt-out means negotiating. They're going to want to redo the contract after 24. His agent's not going to hang in there with that salary. They're going to redo that deal. So in 2024, you may have one of your very first players get the franchise tag. He's a 25, and the tag has got to be 24 left tackle. Or that's right, it's O-line. And I think we saw it yesterday, right, Tone? It was 19-9. Cap will go up. You're going to pay him no matter what. The cap will be 20 or you're going to pay him $25 million. He is your most expensive player that's going to be up for contract. And that includes Devontae Smith. He'll make more money than Devontae Smith. Uh, the, the, the guard is going to be up for a $20 million deal. Think about that, Tone. Your whole left side might cost you $45 million. And you got to make those decisions here coming up. Wow. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Dude, how about that money coming up? Current NFL franchise tag is 19.9 for O-line. Wow. Guys, have a brilliant weekend. Xander, Big Joe, thank you very much. Absolutely awesome. Tone, you were spectacular as always. Thank you so much. And we say this with everyone. You know, somebody says a harsh word to you, throw some love at them. Give them a good God bless because they most likely need it. Okay? Have a spectacular weekend. Two to six on Monday. 
and we'll see you on the flip side. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.